Today's podcast is sponsored by Jack Frost Big Boulder Ski Areas, where the snow comes first. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Wednesday, January 29th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, the parents of a nine-month-old were arrested after the child overdosed on fentanyl, Ben Salem Police said Tuesday. According to police, officers were called to the home in the 2000 block of Finch Drive on January 24th at about 10.50 in the evening for a report of a child in cardiac arrest. When officers arrived, they found multiple medication bottles throughout the apartment. There was also an empty bottle of acetafetamine with codeine found in the baby's swing, police said. The child tested positive. Positive for fentanyl. Two doses of Narcan was administered. Ugh. What normally brings an adult male back did not work on the child. Authorities said that they then had to administer a Narcan drip uh, because of the high dose of fentanyl that the child ingested. Dear God. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the child is listed in stable condition at St. Christopher's Hospital. Uh, the parents, Maria Dolor and Michael Picardi, were both at home uh, at the night of the overdose. Police say they were uncooperative and refused to provide any explanation to police. Both of them have been charged with endangering the welfare of a child and they remain jailed at the Bucks County Correctional Facility. Uh, they could serve as much as five to ten years, said Bucks County DA Matt Weintraub. The baby's urine tested positive for fentanyl, a dangerous and addictive drug. Police say they found empty pill bottles throughout the apartment and within the baby's reach. The bottles were labeled with prescriptions from at least six different doctors. As disturbing as this case is, it's not the first of its kind, Weintraub said. This is the third or fourth case we've had to deal with like this, uh, assuring that some of the case in some of the cases the babies have died from the overdose. Okay, so I- I'm giving because nine months is very, very young for even for a baby to get a hold of, of this stuff. Is uh, is the baby getting it through the breast milk? Like, no, they said that they said that they got it from oh the pill? from the uh, no. They said that the, that the the bottles and stuff were in in reach of the baby. So the baby was e- e- yeah. They probably put, just pills, yeah. put yeah, stuff yeah. in their mouths and you know and that's what they believe happened because the, the point was made that there were there were pill bottles all around the house. Yeah, okay, all over the floor. Uh, all right, uh, because I mean that stuff is. I mean, it's it's lethal to full grown adults, right? And, and nine months. I'm surprised that. Uh, yeah, the baby that, I mean, that's what everybody's saying. Yeah. yeah. Please say the mi- nine month old girl will likely be placed into the custody of Bucks County Children and Youth Social Services. Weintraub called the EMTs who revived the baby with Narcan to thank them for saving her life. Philadelphia police are on the hunt for a suspect accused of raping a woman in Love Park over the weekend. It happened at 5:20 a.m. on January 25th when police say the 41 year old woman was walking through the popular park after getting off the train at 15th Street in Center City. City. Police say the suspect came up behind the woman, punched her several times, knocked her to the ground, and raped her in the park. Witnesses heard the victim screaming, and they called 911. Upon arrival to the scene, police spotted the suspect, uh, but he was able to get away. Our officer, uh, I'm sorry, our offender attempted to hide from police by going uh, inside the stairwell on the opposite side of the escalators. When police struggled with the male in attempts to take him into custody, he dropped approximately 20 to 25 feet on the concourse below and disappeared into the concourse, said Captain Mark Bergman uh, with the Philadelphia Police Special victims unit what time of day was this this was at 5 20 in the morning okay because yeah. love park's pretty public i mean yeah. you know, yes, it I, is. I, yeah. i'm yeah. surprised yeah. that somebody's able to pull that off to do something like that and <laughs> right well, not people, have people, some yeah somebody people heard them yeah. but at 5 20 a.m still a little dark uh yeah sure yeah and and they saw the guy they had you know they they were able to kind of uh wrestle with him and then he he jumped down and got away and disappeared Jeez. Uh, 25 feet is a is a uh that's pretty good pretty, yeah, pretty good distance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's 
Video captured him on SEPTA platform near 15th and Market Street. The suspect remains wanted at this time. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. Yeah, to give you perspective, 10 feet. If you were jumped from the rim of a basketball yeah. uh, hoop, that's 10 feet. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn high. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Five yeah, more that. feet, you can get hurt pretty bad. So I'm surprised that guy was able to get out of there without getting hurt. Lehigh University is imposing new restrictions on fraternities and sororities amounting to a pause on their activities following reports that earlier warnings about excessive alcohol use and other misconduct had gone unheeded by the groups at the Eastern Pennsylvania University. President John Simon said in an email sent Tuesday afternoon to current and aspiring fraternity and sorority members that new members cannot be recruited and social activities are being suspended. In addition, wine and beer won't be allowed in the Greek houses or individual rooms, a ban that doesn't apply to other campus residents. Last year, the university announced a ban on hard liquor for many on-campus housing as part of the crackdown on the organizations. Other measures included requiring live-in graduate assistance at all fraternity and sorority houses and a student-run summit on Greek life to demonstrate excellence and innovation. They were clear, though, that they are still allowed to put beef jerky up their ass. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. no. That's, that's more of a high part school of it. No. Oh, oh, this is crazy. I mean, it's, it's being cracked down all... Uh, I mean, Lehigh is not the only place where they're really cracking down on Greek life. Too no, much of but, a liability for the schools. But the know? fact that the whole whole Greek life is on pause. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, the action came after several of the 25 Greek organizations were placed on probation or otherwise uh, sanctioned Time for, Roman life. for hazing violations. <laughs> Simon said Tuesday that not only had the earlier warnings failed to result in addressing behavior that violated standards of conduct or even endangered students, such behavior seemed to intensify over the past weeks with recruitment and new member education. It's too bad that a few bad apples had to <laughs> spoil it for everyone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Otter would say. Not saying we didn't take liberties. That's right. We, we did. did. We did. <laughs> God, I love that movie. <laughs> so they receive reports from parents and new members, uh, anonymous reports about excessive drinking and hazing and drug use, stuff like yeah. that. For those reasons, he said the university was instituting a pause for Greek organization chapters. The new rules will be in place until the Interfraternity Council, Panhellenic Council, and Cultural Greek Council create a detailed and realistic plan for making significant changes regarding alcohol use, hazing, and recruitment that will decrease risk to the health and safety of students. Kathy, I'm not going to stand here and listen to you disparage the United States of America. <laughs> Gentlemen. <laughs> All right, let's do sports this morning. <laughs> The Sixers beat the Golden State Warriors last night in South Philly, winning 115 to 104. Joel Embiid, who wore a number 24 jersey in honor of Kobe Bryant, scored 24 points in the game. He returned to play his first game since he tore a ligament in his finger in part to help the Sixers in their push for a better playoff seed in the East, but also because he wanted to honor his childhood hero. Embiid was a teen in Africa when he first got hooked on basketball watching Bryant in the 2010 NBA Finals. Embiid was granted permission from Hall of Famer Bobby Jones to wear the retired number 24 instead of his usual number 21. Up next for the Sixers is a game on the road tomorrow night in Atlanta against the Hawks. Tip-off is scheduled for 7.30. Last night at Madison Square Garden, eighth-ranked Villanova Wildcats beat the St. John's Red Storm. 
Sadiq Bay scored 23 points. Colin Gillespie had 17 points and 13 rebounds. And Villanova cruised to a 79-59 win. The Wildcats, who improved to 17-3 and 7-1 and in the Big East, won their 7th straight and 13th in 14 games. They will have a home game on Saturday afternoon at the Wells Fargo Center as they host Creighton. And the Flyers continue to have time off for the All-Star break and their bye week. They'll be back on the ice on Friday night when they travel to Pittsburgh to play the Penguins. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kath. So Wednesday morning, got a few things we like to do on Wednesdays. We have a secret text word, and it does involve some basketball. A uh, chance for you to see uh, Aaron McKee and the Temple men's basketball team battle ECU this Saturday night at the Leah Core Center. Uh, so text the word SECRET to 39333 if you're interested in winning that two different ways to win by you calling in later or us randomly choosing you. Uh, we also have Easy Money. That easy continues. Money. Yeah, we're on the we're getting to the tail end of that because Monday we wrap it up. Uh, so we'll do that starting at 8 a.m. then 11 and 1 for, is that what time we do it? Yeah, 11 and 1 and 4. Uh, I gotta make sure I get There's those one more time in there and six, six, and six. And so, on. Uh, so listen up for your chance when starting at eight a.m. We'll give you the word and uh, the uh, the means of which to enter that word and possibly win a thousand dollars, maybe even ten thousand. So do it at least coming. once. Yep. Uh, we also have Fox Good Day, a little uh, chat with uh, Mike and Alex. Alex is actually in Miami yeah. for the Super Bowl, so maybe she won't be on. Oh, it's Mike and Karen that we'll be talking to. Okay. And then we have a couple of guests in the studio. Uh, Ahmed Weinberg, a comedian performing at Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight, and he's from Philadelphia. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have him stopping in today. Uh, and we also have our buddy Mike Gemp, who is from the Philadelphia Auto Show. He comes in every year, gives us an idea of some of the new stuff we can expect at this year's, uh, at, at each year's uh, show. Get the Gemp. Get the gimp. <laughs> Bring out the gimp. Sleeping. Wake him up. All right, so uh, gimp will be here later on this morning. These things and more are taking place through the day. We recommend you stick with us through the uh, the whole thing if you can. We're going to have a good time. I promise you that. I'll come back in a second with a stupid question and your chance chance to win some freebies. So stay put. We'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Forgot my stupid question in the other room, so I had to run out of the studio to get it. When you came running back in, I played. Oh, did you? (laughs) Nice. All right, so speaking of the stupid question, we're going to give away a four-pack of three-day passes for the Philadelphia Golf and Travel Show and a dozen Callaway golf balls. Uh, It's February 7th through the 9th, Philly Expo Center. Now... I had a really interesting question yesterday about the Caterpillar Club. I'd never heard about that before from people who have uh, survived a plane crash by jumping out in a parachute. What a wild group to be in. So here's another very interesting one along those lines. It has nothing to do with aviation, but it's just very unique in in, in what it is. The Association of Dead People helps who? 
The Association of Dead People helps yeah. who? Yeah, 215-263-WMMR. <clears throat> All right, I'm intrigued. Let's see if we know the answer. The Association of Dead People... Seems not a lot to do after a certain point. ...helps who? You, well, you'll be surprised when, right. you, when you hear the answer to this question. So uh, let's go with birthday. birthdays. Today is Wednesday, January 29th. I want to turn the Wayback Machine on and go back to yesterday because we missed an important one. Yeah. <gasps> Nick Murphy. <gasps> The man we need res- to The man who is responsible for your daily rush videos and many other things around here celebrated his birthday yesterday and didn't even know it till the end of the show. So happy birthday. Son of a bitch. To the great Nick Murphy. Happy birthday today. Is it also Bill Weston's birthday today? <gasps> it's today. Bill is it today? Today. Right. I've heard a point yes. of contention. Marissa? What? Hold on a second. Sarah Marissa. Parker told me today. I yeah. thought somebody in a meeting said the 31st the other day. I did. Yeah, I was wrong. And okay. Sarah oh. Parker said it's today. Yeah, so it's so I actually... Trust Sarah. You can trust Sarah. She knows everyone's birthday she at the does. entire She's station. meticulous. She gets everybody gifts. She's an, what an actual human should be, and we're all filth. Yeah, she's uh, she's spot on with that. Birthday's kind of like Casey. That's uh, her thing. So. Oh, Casey's another one. Yeah, high. but I, I, I didn't realize it was uh, Murph's birthday yesterday. I was so right. mad at myself for not knowing that. I didn't. I didn't even realize there were three of us in a row, and, and and Sarah as well. Sarah's birthday was on Monday, so it's me, then Sarah, then Nick Murphy, and then uh, Bill Weston. Uh, birthdays right in a row. So very clearly, cool. we need to have a party every year on this particular week because there's a lot of us. So anyhow, uh, happy birthday, Nick Murphy. Happy birthday, man about town, Bill Weston. I, if you listen closely, you can hear him firing off shots right now <laughs> in celebration of his birthday. <laughs> Popping off rounds into the sky. Annabelle! Annabelle. All right. So Bill always thinks it's perfunctory when I say this, but he's he's the best boss. He is. He is. He's a great boss. He is a great guy. He's okay. So also celebrating birthday today with Bill Weston, Oprah Winfrey. That's a big one with Bill. Former lover. Oprah is uh, 66 Bill today. predates Stedman. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> then, you have, uh, sex party. then you have Edward Burns, the actor and screenwriter and director. That's well. the one he reminds you of Dennis, right? Because the way he speaks kind of reminds me. Wait, who is it? Of Dennis. Ed Burns. Ed Burns. Oh, Ed Burns. Yeah, Dennis has this very, very slightly raspy voice, just a little bit in there. And Ed Burns has the same thing. Kind of reminds me of him that okay. that way, in that, <laughs> in that way. Uh, so he's fifty-two today. Uh, Sarah Gilbert uh, from Roseanne. She is forty-five. Also on uh, the talk, she executive produces uh, the Roseanne reboot, which apparently is doing okay. And it's still think, going, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think she actually is the executive producer of the talk, which is you know that's my jam. Press. Wow, she's doing great. Then I got to find out what the ladies are doing every day. Heather Graham turns fifty years old oh, today. She and uh, Ed Burns used to date. They did for no the longest kidding, time. Yeah. yeah. I bet they used to have little birthday parties together. I know they used to have a lot of sex. Uh, And it's wild that she's 50 because I remember when she first burst on the scene, fresh-faced, brand new. This is the It Girl. It was in Austin Powers, the, the, the second movie. Or no. Yeah, the second Before movie. that, License to Drive, man. But I remember yeah. when she hit, it was yeah. that. But yes, License to Drive, she played Mercedes, the incredibly gorgeous uh, female uh, 
uh, I guess, uh, It Girl in yes. there. Yes, yeah. love interest. Play the It Girl out. Then you have uh, Greg Luganis, Olympic gold medal winning diver. He is 60 years old today. That was a guy that dominated his sport big time. Oh, yeah. I was a huge fan. I was a diver. That was like my yeah. idol. I wanted Do you remember, Kathy? This, it was called a Sammy. It's a chamois, yes. but the specific brand was Sammy. Uh-huh. And I always wanted his Sammy, but they never sold it Like around. <laughs> you know, There's a place in media called Swimmer's Elite. They only had like blue or orange or pink. He had like a really cool white Sammy. And you wanted that oh, one? Oh, I wanted that Isn't one Isn't there so footage bad. of him really clocking his head? Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. At the Olympics. At the yeah, Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he still won the gold medal. And that was when he he, he had already uh, yeah, been diagnosed with, yeah. with HIV, and they were treating him without gloves. And I read his book. It's all right. in his book. Remember how scandalous it was when, when it, he, it came yeah. out that he was gay in the first place? It was, you know, it was a different time back then. Yeah, yeah. And now it just seems silly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's one of the all-time great six It was more shocking player. Andre Agassi's hair to me. Wow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly! Oh, yeah, of course Luganus is gay, but that's fake! Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have Tom Selleck celebrating his 75th birthday today. 75. Blue, uh, Blue Bloods, what's that? 75. I know, I, I know. I can't believe Selleck's 75. Looks damn good. Blue Bloods is one of those shows that's kind of on all the time yeah. at my house because my wife watches those police procedures. <laughs> police procedural, Constant, yeah. And constantly. he's the, the patriarch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Catherine Ross, Steve. Love her. The graduate. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. The Stepford Wives. Wife of Sam Elliott yep. uh, as well. So she uh, she was another one of those fresh face like in the graduate she is you know as girl next door beautiful as you can possibly be yeah uh, so she is eighty today Adam Lambert celebrates yeah. his birthday today yeah Queen and Adam Lambert so they show in the coming attractions for this season of uh, American Idol. They show their list of successes that people have gone into great things, which lasts three and a half seconds. Yeah. Uh, but Adam Lambert is one of their success stories. Yep. And uh, he turns, how old is he? Today's 38. You know, old. I didn't realize that in, in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, I, I think it's Pierre finally had to bring it to our attention, that uh, when uh, Freddie Mercury's at the truck stop and the trucker gives him sort of the look, the trucker is Adam Lambert. Yeah, oh, no yeah, kidding. yeah. It's a little bit part that they right. did as a nod to him. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. That's I had no idea. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's funny. I I, uh, I actually watched that season that he was on of American Idol. I've, I haven't watched all of the American Idols. I watched last season. There's probably like two or three seasons that I've watched all the way through. I just don't like him. Okay. I, do, I, I, and I like him. No, I, I'm not saying that you don't like him. I'm saying I don't. Um, and it's weird because I understand that he has a powerful voice. There's just, and it's the same thing with Idina Menzel. It's the, the I know she's a powerful singer. It's just the tone of her voice that it, I just don't like it. Yeah, it, yeah it's, just, it's people, bizarre. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's music, so you like it or you don't for whatever yeah. your reason is. But Adam Lambert, 38 years old today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to this question. The Association of Dead People helps who? 215-263-WMMR, the number. And I will go to Miranda and see if she knows the answer. Hey, Miranda, good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, so the Association of Dead People helps who? People who have been wrongfully declared dead. That is correct. Yes. Oh! Hang on, Miranda. You had a story the other day about someone who was 
I believe wrongfully declared dead. There was a tombstone that a girlfriend, had, or at least at some level, yeah, at some level. Yeah. But but these are people who have mistakenly uh, been declared dead, and then they have to go about the legal problems of saying, "No, I'm alive." I wonder how frequent an occurrence that is. Yeah, uh, the Association of Dead People had never heard of that before. Miranda, we're going to give you a four-pack, three-day passes for the Philadelphia Golf and Travel Show and a dozen Callaway golf balls. You Woo! can uh, come and tee it up February 7th through the 9th at the Philly Expo Center for the Philadelphia Golf and Travel Show. And you can save up to 70% off uh, golf equipment and accessories and apparel tickets at myphillygolfshow.com, by the way. Uh, all right, let's get into... The entertainment news, and obviously a lot of it being dominated by the Kobe Bryant story. And the National Transportation Safety Board investigator said yesterday that the helicopter uh, carrying all those people uh, didn't have a recommended warning system that alerts the pilot if they are too close to the ground. However, it's not clear the warning system would have prevented the crash because pilot uh, Ara Zabayan may have lost control of the copter which banked left as he was climbing out of the clouds in heavy fog and began a sudden 1,200-foot fall that lasted nearly a minute before Jesus. the crash into the hillside. Yeah, uh, The NTSB's Jennifer Hammondy said this is a pretty steep descent at high speed. Uh, we know that this was a high-energy impact crash. Uh, the remains of the final victims were recovered yesterday, and the bodies of Bryant, Zaboyan, and two other passengers have been identified so far. There was footage, or uh, I guess when they first arrived at the scene, somebody was taking footage, and it was an inferno. So the, the, the helicopter had exploded into flames. Yeah, and the fact that they've only identified a handful of people means that the right, bodies right, right. were burnt up really, really bad, and that's terrible. Everything has been recovered, by the way, the, um, of the bodies. The bodies, the, okay. Yeah. yeah, they just haven't identified all mm-hmm. of them, but that's how bad it was. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, the only... Uh, is something I think about. Uh, you only hope... Uh, that they died on impact. Yes, yeah. the same yeah. thing. You so, know, uh, that, it, that it was that yeah. bad that it just... The, it, they the were over. like 186 miles Yeah, I was just right. say this, but this, at the speed, because they, they broke it down in one of the articles that I read, and at the speed that, that the, the helicopter hit, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Fans gathered at L.A. Staples Center, home of the Lakers, for a third straight day with uh, thousands crowding the pedestrian plaza to remember Bryant. Arena officials opened the adjacent Chickhearn Court to pedestrians to allow more space uh, for memorials of flowers, balloons, photos, paintings, jerseys, hats, basketball, handwritten messages, and all that stuff. Now, uh, sources say that Vanessa Bryant is trying to hold it together for her daughters. Uh, family How friend, the hell? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, she said it's it's terrible. She can't finish a sentence without crying right now. She's working very hard to pull it together for the other girls uh, that she now has to be strong for. Uh, meanwhile, Shaquille O'Neal got emotional as he spoke of the loss. As part of the uh, uh, TNT's tribute to Bryant, he said, uh, I haven't felt uh, the pain that sharp in a while. Our names will be attached together for what we did. Uh, it just makes me think that in life, instead of holding back certain things, we should just do it. During his podcast, he said that he hadn't eaten or slept since the death of Kobe. He said, I'm not doing well. I'm sick. I'm just getting over the death of my sister. Yeah, his sister passed away recently. You guys told me the other day when I came in, I looked like I needed some rest and I haven't been sleeping after Aisha's death. Uh, it's just not thinking about the good times, but the uh, the times when I could have said something or could have done something different. Or could have loved her more or could have showed her more support. And the same thing when I found out this news. So it's hitting him pretty hard. In other news, TMZ's head, Harvey Levin, 
claim that uh, Kobe's, quote, Kobe's, Kobe's people gave the site the go-ahead to publish the crash story. Uh, the site has been criticized, obviously, for reporting the story before Kobe's family knew that he and his 13-year-old daughter died. Uh, Levin said in a Los Angeles radio interview, we dealt with uh, Kobe's people, and we were told very clearly that she had been notified. And when asked about the families of the other victims being notified, Levin said, that is a fair point. Uh, Levin said that uh, he got the tips from a longtime law enforcement source and then called Kobe's reps. He said, we were dealing with them for an hour before we published the story, and they said, go for it. Uh, Meanwhile, TMZ has reported that Kobe's public memorial is probably going to be held at the L.A. Coliseum because the Staples Center is not big enough. So, Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big that's a consideration. Yeah, a big event. By the way, speaking of Kobe, a uh, short-lived cartoon series on Comedy Central that was called Legends of Chamberlain Heights actually predicted this helicopter crash in 2016 of sorts, or at least it was, you know, something that they had mentioned. Uh, But the networks have removed videos because they are obviously now in bad taste. Uh, The episode was titled End of Days and was originally aired on November 16, 2016. Uh, The show is about three lowly bench warmers on the Michael Clark Duncan High basketball team. (laughs) And the description of the episode is a leaked sex tape causes a global Internet blackout and the legends must find a way to survive the apocalypse. Now, I don't know about the helicopter crash. Yeah, neither do I. But they uh, they decided to move that, which is obviously was the right thing to do. Yeah, I saw it on uh, Twitter yesterday because, like, and you, you forget that these uh, these things exist until you you see them on Twitter. But like, there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories out there now. Uh, you know, he was an Illuminati, and this was an assassination. Oh, that and, that that's standard uh, protocol. I, I, that, it is that but, follows everybody's death. I'm surprised Neil Peart didn't get the Illuminati thing. Right, right. All right, we're moving on to Harvey. Harvey! Harvey Weinstein. Ah, what a champ. What a prince. Criminal rape trial continued on Tuesday with the roommate of one of his accusers testifying in support of her account. Elizabeth Enton roomed with Miriam Haley at the time he allegedly raped her. Now, we talked about her graphic description of the attack yesterday, so I'm not going to retrace all of that. Terrific. But uh, according to Enton, Haley recounted the attack at his uh, Tribeca apartment. She had said... um, uh, I said, Miriam, that sounds like rape, and told her to call a lawyer. She said that uh, Haley seemed distraught and was shaking and didn't seem able to discuss the incident. She was not really present, uh, present Enton said, explaining that she didn't feel it was right to keep pushing her roommate to pursue r- rape charges. She said, I didn't feel it was my place or my right uh, or was right. I didn't feel that I could take over how someone feels with rape. So, uh, Preston, sir, uh, uh, this Ronan Farrow book, which I uh, uh, read, the uh, the level. So you say, well, geez, you know, you know, the, you step forward and and, you know, that you were raped. And why didn't you you go to the authorities to read this book and see how extensive Harvey Weinstein's connections were yeah. and who he was dealing with and the power players he was dealing with. Uh, and you could see where you would feel you would have no shot at getting justice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're listen, you're traumatized, you're confused, uh, you're starting to think about, you're starting to think about, is somebody, or is this going to get worse by me coming forward? You know what I mean? I mean, he had ex-Massad agents working for him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and digging up a blackmail extortion files on people to counter charges that they might make against him. Yeah. It, th- this was a machine that he had going. Yeah, I, I you know, it, with, without this happening to you, you can't wrap your mind around that. Uh, meanwhile, despite Weinstein's assertions that he entered a 12-step program, the hotel that he stayed at in New Jersey prior to his trial 
is slapping him with a fee for a damaged hotel room, according to a report. A source at the Molly Pitcher Inn tells a Hollywood reporter that the 67-year-old checked him with uh, 30-year-old actress Alexandra Vino, who has denied a romantic relationship with him. Uh, Then they stunk up the room with marijuana. The pair also ordered several ice creams from room service (laughs) and had to pay an extra fee to pay for damage they did to the room. Ice cream in and of itself is something wonderful, but when Harvey Weinstein orders ice cream, it becomes disgusting. Well, I, I have more on that coming right. up here. So a spokesman for Weinstein says the concierge assistant that set up his itinerary to date has not received any notifications or billing for any extra charges indicating the room Mr. Weinstein Stadium was damaged. I'd like some Rocky Road and Ripple. And under no circumstances was Mr. Weinstein smoking marijuana. Relapsing, he did, however, smoke a couple of cigarettes and once notified that he was not staying in a smoking room, he stopped smoking immediately. Now, the rep confirmed that he did have dinner and two ice cream sundaes alone at the bar and ordered room service for himself. Two ice cream sundaes himself sitting that, at the bar. After dinner. After dinner. So he had dinner and two desserts. Mm, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fart. <laughs> I would imagine... You want to stay at least 10 feet away from Harvey as he's eating. Oh, there's got to be a blast zone. Right. And so he's, uh, you know, uh, he's probably. It's like going to a, like a Gallagher show. <laughs> they hand out smocks to the people sitting at the bar. Yeah. Uh, so it was that him eating at the yeah. uh, his, his dessert, Casey, at sitting at the bar. <laughs> and they said his one ear moved in a weird way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do we have Rocky Road? That's what I was oh, looking for, it. man. That's the best clip for me, Rocky Road. Rocky Road? Uh-huh. Uh, so he had two ice cream sundaes alone at the bar and ordered room service for himself. The next he day, keeps talking about a pirate ship. Uh, Miss Vino brought a male friend by the inn to meet Mr. Weinstein. There's nothing romantic about their platonic relationship, the rep said. If there are any damages due to his smoking habit, he will pay all costs. Uh, it is so disgusting to see him shamble into court. You know he can walk. You know he's not as right. bad as he's trying to make it out to be. Anybody right. else watch the morning show on uh, Apple TV Plus? Steve, I know you yes, started Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they uh, Preston, it's it's basically um, Steve Carell plays a Matt Lauer-like character. Okay. And, and he loses his job because of sexual improprieties. And, and they mirror and go along the, at the timeline of what what's happening with Harvey Weinstein. And it's very interesting to see a fictionalized account of how these things are talked about in the news and, and how the Me Too movement gained momentum because they go back a few years. Um, and it, it's a... A cool narrative. Cool, maybe not, might not be the right it's word. Interesting, yeah, an right. interesting narrative of, of a fictionalized account of Me Too movement versus Harvey Weinstein. And now back to Harvey eating his dessert. Rocky Road. <laughs> 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 He's so happy that they had his favorite ice cream there that he just couldn't help but comment about it. Rocky Road. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, if you get a chance, catch and kill the Ronan Farrell book. It has it'll uh, it'll shed a lot of light on this whole. It's what started this whole thing. All right, here's another story. It's official. Robert Pattinson has officially started shooting the new Warner Brothers, The Batman. Yeah! Matt Reeves is directing, and he tweeted an image of the film's first clapperboard. Uh, fellow cast member uh, Jeffrey Wright, who's playing Commissioner Gordon. 
retweeted a shot writing, shine the light. Yeah, shine the light. Uh, the Batman will drop on June 25th of next year. So yesterday, President, I tweeted out at Matt Reeves, because he had posted this picture as well on Twitter, and then I called in uh, Michael Cicchino, and I said, uh, would you please verify that we know each other, that we that we're, uh, have a friendship? Yeah. And he immediately did, said, yes, Matt. I do know Steve, and I just a simple request at the end of the tweet. I want a full size working Batmobile. Ah, <laughs> that's it. That's all I, I ask. That's all that I want. You. But I think Michael Chikino, the great man that he is, is on it. And of well, course, and Matt Reeves. He's going to be on the show tomorrow, right? Twenty four hours from now, we'll be chatting with Michael Chikino from London uh, because he's working on this Batman movie. Oh, so we actually get an early chat with him. Yeah, we do, which is cool, and it's easier for him calling from London than it yeah. is from L.A. Okay, all right. So that's tomorrow. A Manhattan politician is shouting, "Shame on you!" Shame. To Kim, Chloe, and much of the rest of the Kardashian-Jenner crew for promoting weight loss detox teas. Yeah, this is a big issue. Uh, Councilman Mark Levine said at a hearing, I'm going to name names. Kim Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian, Kourtney Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, Amber Rose, and then he said, shame on you. Shame. Yes, Levin continued saying... Shame on all of you Shame for using the trust you have established. Shame with young people to Shame. push these products, to push Shame. these dangerous products because you wanted to Shame. receive lucrative contracts. Uh, Levine is pushing for a law that will ban the sale of detox tea shakes and the like to New Yorkers under the age of 18. While they are marketed for weight loss and cleansing purposes, many have raised concern over the potential side effects. According to the National Institute of Health, one ingredient in these items can, quote, cause adverse events, including clinically apparent liver injury. It's Rocky Road ice cream. Product. When used in high doses uh, for longer than recommended periods, by the way. I know. So. Cleanses are good, yeah. uh, you know, periodically and all that stuff. I think it's the way these things are manufactured that are that's raising the uh, the ire of some people. And Khloe Kardashian was pushing one for a while. It got her into trouble. Yeah, and it includes Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, Chloe and Sloth would have been a great <laughs> reality show. Yeah. Chloe and Sloth. Yeah. That's not bad. Chloe and Sloth. In a recent interview with the Sunday Times, Jody Turner-Smith revealed that she and Joshua Jackson are seriously considering, ra- considering raising their child abroad. Uh, the actress, who is black and pregnant with their first child, says that she was shocked by the reaction she got when she revealed that she was in love with a white man. Uh, Turner Smith said, there was this wave of people who were upset that I was possibly married to a white man. In America, interracial dating or marriage is not something that is as accepted. Uh, Certain people feel strongly against it in both communities. I've felt it from the black community. It's so complicated. Um, I don't want to give it too much energy. The horrific things that people were saying, it makes you, she said, uh, I'm learning there are certain things that I have to really keep for myself. Uh, She said the racial dynamics over here are fraught. White supremacy is overt. Uh, It's the reason I don't want to raise my kids here. I don't want my kids to grow up uh, doing active shooter drills at school. She she is English, so she's British-born. She said England has gone off the rails, too. Uh, So I was thinking maybe Canada. Uh, She uh, How about Easter Island? She moved to the (laughs) U.S. as a child after her parents split. Uh, It was not a positive experience, she revealed. So she said, I really... I was really excited uh, when I came to America about meeting black people, but it was a huge culture shock because I was rejected by the black community. They were all like, you talk like a white girl. 
and people would call me an Oreo, and all I wanted was acceptance. I think she needs to meet Craig Lagans. Uh, do you think so? Yeah. He can, okay. she'll, he'll instruct her on the healing power of the President Steve Show. Yeah, I think they're having a sit-around on uh, February 14th. Yes. So. The Black Listeners. It, the it certainly might show. help, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's, you know, uh, facing some resistance on that. So that's too bad. And part of that is, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of it's come up on social media. And if, you know. No, social media is very uh, supportive. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. I forgot about that. You, you made yeah. a mistake when you said that because it's nothing but supportive. <laughs> Um, somebody somewhere might not know who Brad Pitt is, and in that case, and the off chance that they attended the Oscars 2020 luncheon, uh, Brad Pitt had them covered. Page Six noted that the heavy hitter, who was nominated for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, politely wore his name tag like the rest of the plebes while mingling with fellow nominees at the Oscar 2020 lunch. I love to see stuff like that. So it just You know, because they're just like us. Hi, my name is Brad Pitt. I want that, too. Yeah. I want to wear the one that says, hi, my name is right. Brad Pitt, so people right. go, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 56-year-old has already picked up a SAG and Golden Globe for his uh, role in the Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, William Shatner has settled his divorce with his estranged wife, Elizabeth. That's been going on for a while. The 88-year-old was married to Elizabeth for 18 years. Uh, I am <laughs> Iron Man! Uh, the Blast reports that his net worth is more than $100 million. Oh, um, he's very wealthy. But they had an ironclad prenup, uh, but they settled. So. Does he have producer rights on Star Trek well, stuff? Well, he also, believe it or not, has made uh, uh, made horses. a lot of money on horses. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Arabian oh, horses. He's a, yeah. he's a breeder. Wow. He actually has yeah, sex with them I, himself. I drove by his uh, one of his farms, his horse farms in in uh, Kentucky. When my dad and I went huh. to the um, Maker's Mark distilleries, on you the see way the, out little, there. the horse head sticking up in the dirt. No. Uh, oh, oh, they they raise them normally. I, oh, oh yeah, 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 no, no, no. no. They, they don't grow, they don't grow, grow them out of the ground. ground. They breed them. Of course. Why would I think that? So. They haven't watered this one nearly enough. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, no, no, that's, a that's his name. passion. <laughs> that's that's his. That's what he loves doing outside huh. of acting. That's his other career, essentially. A lot of loot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake Lively got real on Good Morning America. I love when Blake Lively gets real. I know. Because you're going to hear some truth. It's why I brought it up, Steve. Yeah. The 32-year-old uh, star said that raising three youngins under six years of age with her husband, Ryan Reynolds, is busy. Uh, and here's her quote. She said, it's like going from two to 3,000, the difference between having two children and three. I mean, So you have the same situation. Uh, did you find that that was a quantum leap from two to three? No. no. But then again, you're not Blake Lively. That's right. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, it's, you know, it's more responsibility, but I, it didn't seem like two to 3,000. We had three under five, so. Oh, my God. Yeah. She said, I mean, we have so many children. It's pretty crazy. We're outnumbered, and it's a lot. My neighbor has 30 under one. That's all I have. <laughs> that is nuts. Hmm. Um, so they say when you have, if you have three, you can have, you know, six. That, uh, that the, that Do you believe the, that? That the leap from two to three no. is... Uh, <laughs> no. Categorically says no. No way. I'll tell you what. So my sister-in-law <laughs> has nine. And uh, at That's a certain many, point, man. the kids, the older kids, and they're, they're fantastic. Every one of them is, they're awesome kids. They're just wonderful. But at a certain point, the older kids became the house staff for the younger kids. Yeah, I, listen, I have three, and, and I actually, believe it or not, um, I would love to have more. But I also disagree with people having more than two kids. It's you know, it's the reason why this you know planet is, is uh, overpopulated as it is. You know, people are popping out three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine kids. Think you need to hold a, hold a rally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
but I, I understand it. Like, I really do, because I would love to have more. There, There is a... I was about to call my sister-in-law and complain, but no, yeah, no, you no, no, no. <laughs> He's bringing you around. Yeah. You know what Casey thinks. Yeah. Uh, okay. You're seven too many. So now that uh, Meghan and Harry are stepping down from their royal duties, who will take on the schedule of tours and engagements? Yes, Casey. Well, I have a quick question about this because uh, whenever we were talking about Harry and Meghan, we always played this. Right. But if they're not going to be royals anymore, is there something that we need to play for them now? Uh, Chumbawamba. Okay. (laughs) We have tub thumping. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe Canadian music? Yeah. I have that. Oh, Canada? That's where they're going to reside. I like that. So reports vary on who is going to take over their schedule as far as the royal duties go. Some say the Queen's daughter-in-law, Sophie Wessex, will step down. Uh, But royal biographer Robert Lacey believes that Harry's cousins, uh, Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugene, will step up. Uh, He tells, hello, it's quite clear that one of the consequences is that Beatrice and Eugene will now be brought forward if they're willing to be brought forward. Uh, So it said if... Hello, Eugene! It said if two got out, two have got to come in, and those two have got to be Beatrice and Eugene. Eugene! Eugene actually looks uh, physically like a rat. Which is uh, interesting. He looks a lot like Rat Boy, Eugene. <laughs> is it Eugenie? It is, is it a girl? Okay. Oh, oh Eugenie. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know that. That's Eugene- a, that's right, a weird play the name. clip again, please. <laughs> Eugenie. Uh, I'm sure they will step forward and become uh, greatly welcomed, and it's what the family needs as it's another 15 years before Prince George's generation steps up. It's ironic that Harry mentioned his cousins as models of how he wants to be. So, so someone has to step in and take, they, they can't divvy it up? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, give, give, the butler, maybe Anna, give the butler some extra you know, chores, right? Yeah. All right, and then one last story. Uh, Matt Bomer stopped by the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and discussed the rumors that he would play Tom Brady in a future biopic. Uh, He joked, first of all, I wish I looked like Tom Brady. Second of all, I think there are more chapters in the biopic of of Tom Brady. Uh, I think by the the time they're ready to make a Tom Brady pick, I'll be way too long in the tooth for all of that. Uh, first off, Matt Bomber is better looking than Tom oh Brady. Yes, 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 yes. He's, but by far, that's one of those, uh, what do you call them, uh, uh, brags? What, what is it? Humble, humble brag. Humble, humble brag, brag. Yeah. yeah. He looks better looking there than Tom Brady. There were some rumors uh, maybe a year or two ago, Steve, that he would be the next Superman that Matt Bomer was. And, and, uh, people He'd be were, the first gay actor. First, to gay, yeah, yeah, first yeah. gay Superman, which people were like, had a problem with, but... Honestly, who cares at That's this point? Stupid. <laughs> yes. I bet you far less people had a problem with it than they were promoting. So, right. yeah. well, but he'd, he'd be a good one. He's you know he's yeah. got the chiseled uh, features. Absolutely, and, and it kind of looks like Henry Cavill a little bit. Yep. They're acting though. You know? Exactly. Like, uh, all the other Supermans can't really fly. <laughs> right. Right. So the fact that you're gay right. does yeah. not matter. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's the standard stuff that comes out anytime mm. this this happens. But uh, I think he'd be a fine Superman. Gay. In fact, I'd love to see him have gay sex with Superman. <laughs> That'd be would be a problem, right? With Superman. Sorry about yeah. your butt. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're gonna do the clips now. Here we go. For seven seasons, Philly's lovable but dysfunctional family, the Goldbergs, has kept us laughing through their deep wealth of 80s nostalgia. In this clip, uh, Sean Giambrone discusses Adam's emotional transition away from his smother 
this season. Here we go. It's definitely going to put like a microscope on his relationship with his parents and seeing where, uh, like, what happens. Because Adam now is upperclassman, so he might be trying to push away from his parents a little bit more. And he might be trying to divert his parents up to his siblings' college as much as he can, too. You know what's funny is I've never heard an interview from him. I only know him as the character, and I always thought that voice was a bit of an affectation. Sort of like that, yeah. yeah. But that's really that's how he the way he talks. Yeah. It's just a little bit older now. Yeah. He's a really talented, uh, he's been a really talented kid all along. That show never ceases to crack me up. It's great yeah. and continues to be great. And Schooled, um, the sequel, is uh, e- it's equal. It's hilarious. Uh, they've got two winners here. Tonight at 8 on ABC, you'll be able to see the Goldbergs. Here's the next clip. Last Man Standing has been going on for uh, eight seasons strong and has seen a resurgence of popularity since being picked up by Fox. In this clip, co-star Nancy Travis discusses her gratitude for the show's longevity. It's a shocker for us. Believe me, we I, I think if you were to say it's going to have an eight-year run, we would have been stunned because we didn't really believe that we would get past the first year. But the show has changed and transformed, and in a lot of ways, it's better than ever Last Man Standing airs tomorrow at 8 on Fox. It's okay. Yeah, that show came back from the brink, as yeah. did happen with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, switching <laughs> networks. Sometimes they, you know, they're you know, they a little too quick to cash in a yeah. show. Yeah. Goes on to do big things. Agreed. All right, that's it. That's the entertainment report for you this morning. I have a chance for you to win something right here and now. We mentioned this yesterday. Uh, Jim Gaffigan is coming to town. The Pale Tourist, Saturday, October 24th at the Met in Philadelphia. Oh. It's a live taping for his next special as Very well. Very cool. I'll take call number 20 and I'll give you those tickets. How about it? 215-263-WMMR. Tickets don't even go on sale till Friday at 10 a.m. There is a pre-sale tomorrow, by the way. You can get the information on that at WMMR.com. But caller number 20, you get tickets for free right now before they even go on sale. So... Give us a call. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. We're gathering ourselves on this Wednesday. Don't forget, at uh, 8 a.m., we've got your easy money chance. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic from 93.3 WMMR and Pacifico Beer. Friday, March 6th at Jack Frost Mountain, where the snow comes first. The sled-deemed Best Design scores a $2,000 cash prize. The Best Live Live Anchors Up theme scores $500 and beer for a year from Pacifico. Sprint has $500 for the fastest sled. There's $300 for the coolest Jose Cuervo-themed sled. And somewhat of a gag gift for Preston and Steve's favorite fail. Mandatory sled registration through March 1st at WMMR.com. For the MMR VIP lift ticket pre-sale, the sooner you buy, the less you pay. Through February 23rd, lift tickets are just 10 bucks while supplies last at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. A little bit later on this morning, a comedian, Ahmed uh, Weinberg, is going to be stopped by. He's at Helium Comedy Club. And then uh, Mike Gamp, who's from the Philadelphia Auto Show, he's the director, is going to come by and give us some of the details on what to expect. I love when that comes Absolutely. Uh, from time to time, I will jot a note down if uh, a story comes up or some kind of inspiration for uh, something for us to talk about on the air. And then I will set... You guys know I have that stack of just stuff. We have to revisit that stack at some point. Yeah, and sometimes we'll randomly pull something out and start talking about it. Well, I wrote this down 
The problem was is when I write these notes down, sometimes I forget to add context to them. Uh-huh. So you don't remember what was the step-off point. Yeah, so I wrote this down, and it's an interesting uh, uh, angle on on something, a subject. But I, but I do have a story to go along with. I just don't remember what made me write this down. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if we can backtrack this. So the, what I wrote down is there's something in your house that scares you. And for the life of me, I can't remember why I wrote that down. <laughs> You're not talking like your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be. Yeah. But I did. But while trying to remember what exactly that was pertaining to, what story was the kickoff point for that, I did think of something that used to terrify me in my house. And this is, has nothing to do with ghost or anything like no, that. No, no, no. You just get an uneasy feeling. It makes you nervous. As a kid, when I would go to my grandparents' house in Kentucky, I had a hard time going down into the basement. Number one, it was dark and musty and smelled moldy, and there was just neglected. There was just stuff. Nobody ever went down there, so it was scary to boot. Was that their dungeon? It was the dungeon. No, but part of the room that scared me for some reason because I didn't know what it was, and it just looked (laughs) scary to me, was the sump pump. (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So the sump pump used to scare me as a kid. They must use that for sex or something. <laughs> Clearly, that's some sort of auto suck. It was a hole in the basement floor yeah, yeah. that had equipment. Now, the sump pumps were probably bigger back then, too. No doubt, yeah. And this equipment, this mysterious-looking equipment came out of there that looked like it could have been some kind of torture device. And I never actually heard it or saw it do anything. Yeah. But it's, you know, it kind of smelled because of the water in there and everything. There was st- the stagnant water. Yeah. And I don't know why, but but, but on a on a, a basic level, I think I kind of I think I kind of associate it with a portal to hell or something <laughs> like yeah. that. Well, that happens in movies in you know Amityville I mean? Horror yeah. Three, there's a portal. Do you think <laughs> that machine, that device, because uh-huh. we've talked about this, yeah. an innate sort of uncomfortability mm-hmm. Around um, machines, large industrial machines. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, Something that scars you as a child can morph throughout your life. They're methodical. It's like uh, when, insects praying mantises. Well, it's like when Reese <laughs> in a Terminator says, "It doesn't show remorse. Right. Uh-huh. It will not stop, stop ever." <laughs> so maybe there you go. That whole mechanical thing. Maybe it's the start yeah. of the Terminator. You know what? It was right there in my grandparents' sump pump. Eventually, he stopped, and he became your friend. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You um, know what? Yeah. How far does that hole go down? By the way, well, that was to just, hell! No, but that's what I was gonna say because I agree with you, Preston. Like, I still, I'll look at mine. I'm like, that goes so far down. Where does it go? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> it's a couple feet. It's not. Are far. you sure? Well, m- the sump pump in know? my house, yes, I've actually seen the bottom of. And have you seen the bottom? I'm not scared of it anymore. Did you take a lit torch and drop yeah, it down into the hole? That's the foam <gasps> bottom. <laughs> You're, wait, you're waiting for the you know the crash. Okay, so you know what I hate in my house what? is the um, and I so the the little pull down attic thing. Oh, yeah. that's a classic. I don't like my head going up into something uh, that is and it's not protected. It's just waiting to get chopped off. Okay, okay, just your head. So if, yeah. if there was something up in there, they would just see a head rise up. And if they had like a sickle or something uh-huh. like that, whap, you could just and that's cut it where right you off. keep your sickles. And that's right. where, <laughs> so. Well, we bought a house, and uh, the previous owners, they had actually left, um, they were old uh, diplomas, and I guess the diplomas were from the grandparents, and so when was we were Louis actually- Was Khan's diploma? No. Oh, okay. Uh, no, so when we were- <laughs> She we, went to DeVry. When we were at settlement, the owner of the home had said, you know, these, um, 
you know, the, those things are hanging on the wall. Like, right. we, we, we want something to remain in that house, if that's okay with you. He's like, I don't care where you put it, blah, 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 if you put it in the in the attic. And so I went to go put it in the attic, and I just... I didn't want to stick my head up there, so I basically just took it off the wall and just chucked it. <laughs> into the, as, as an adult, as a full-grown man, I was like, "Have you have you gone into your attic? Wait, that's have, a story in itself. Have though. you gone yeah. into your own attic? No, because you're so. If you run up really fast, yeah. the sickle will catch you mid torso. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, we'll actually catch your head. In my home now, I don't. Um, there is only like it's a crawl space, but there's no pull down for it. Um, there's only, there's only basically like a little hatch that I have right. to climb through and I won't do, I just won't do it, Steve. So, uh, so just I guess somebody's going to chop my head off. It's not uh, finished per se. Cause some people have an attic where you can store stuff and others it's just open yeah. with, uh, with the know, rafters in, and the, the yeah, insulation, insulation yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. So you can put your foot through the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's more of a crawl space. Oh my God. Yeah. And so speaking of which now I'm thinking about it, uh, when I have to turn the water off for the outside, uh, I have to do that in the basement, and in the basement there's a drop ceiling. Uh, I'm I'm terrified of that, like because not and for different reasons, Steve. Not because of uh, demons. Not gonna, I'm not going to get my head chopped off. But like, what if there's like rats or mice in that? And you know what I mean. And I stick. I, my head. I occasionally okay. think that when I go into my garage, I'm like, what if a mouse got in here? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out here in my socks. <laughs> And out here in my lingerie, oh, <laughs> the mouse comes out and it'll run right out and everyone's going to see me. Well, that's not <laughs> that's, that's, that's never going to happen. Oh, my God. Why do I spend all afternoon in lingerie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are in fantasy land. I don't even own any. I don't even own one Lingerie, piece. bathrobe. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Lingerie, um, tattered bathrobe. Bathrobe from Marshall. With curlers in my hair, and I don't even have curly hair. <laughs> Preston, do you think you wrote that down because of the furnace in Home Alone? Were we talking about Home Alone? Because that scared the crap out of Kevin when he was a kid. and like it, it, it came to life. Um, but I remember that, like, watching that comedy, being terrified of the, the furnace in Home Alone, and then translating that to my own life. Nick, as, as, as an aficionado of horror films, which I am, that is a constant go-to. Yeah. The basement, the water heater, the anything down there, and then the pull-down steps up to the attic. You remember the original Pet Cemetery? Mm-hmm. Gage was up in the, uh, yeah. he, when he pulled it down, he jumped down and, and had the exacto knife or whatever. Yeah. And started yeah. cutting away. So uh, it's all part of the deal. All let, machines are evil. Let me go to Andrew. Hey, Andrew, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good, man. So what were you scared of in your house? Well, actually, it wasn't my house. It was my grandmother's house. She was a dean of students at Wellesley College, and we would go up every summer and uh, Christmas just to visit her. And um, the dean's house was very old on Wellesley College, and they had old radiators. And when I would wake up in the morning, at like maybe five or six in the morning, the radiators would cling and clang because yeah. I guess the air going through them. Yep. And I thought it was Morse code for someone being killed down there with like, you know. <laughs> they they were looking for help. They were trying to save <laughs> And it scared the hell out of me. I'm like, I do not want to go down and find out what's going on down there. And then my dad had to tell me it was there. I'm like, yeah, okay, make me feel better. Yeah, Yeah, Uh right. Yeah, right. Thanks, Dad. Andrew, so my house is, I I have all those old radiators. And and, and now I'm trained when I hear that. It's like, oh, the heat's coming up. Mm -hmm, You know, so it's a completely converse situation. Right. Uh, case. I uh, well, I grew up in an old house like the one you live in now. Steve, yeah, yeah. And I, listen, I don't know when electricity was readily available in homes, but uh, 
to go into my, and I, you can't call it a basement. It was a cellar. It was a cellar. It was a dungeon. And there was a, <laughs> it was a pit of hell, and it went right down to the River Styx. And if you had to go down there for some off reason, uh, you, like you didn't want your brother to know that you were going down there because the second you got to the bottom of the steps, hey, you would turn the light off. The door shuts. The door shuts, and the light gets turned off. And there's no way to turn the light off. The, there's only one switch for the at basement the top light of at the, the top steps. of the steps. Well, that's the conjuring. <laughs> The conjuring, as we call it, uh, with the, the lights at the top of the steps. Yeah. Yes, of course, when playing the clap game. Uh, let me go to, yeah, let me go to Laura here. Hey, uh, Laura, good morning. Good morning. Sorry hey. to bother you guys at work. That's okay, Laura. What's up? Um, So I feel bad talking, we're all talking bad about our grandparents' house. <laughs> I guess that's like what everyone is scared of. But I, too, was scared of my grandmother's basement. So my grandma is an artist. But she typically does paintings and everything. But for a while, when I was a kid, she was getting into sculptures, like um, head sculptures. Oh, wow. So one day I went down to her basement and I thought I saw saw a real real human. Um, So she had a human head. She was in a sculpture of a Native American and it looked so real and it was brown and it was perfectly sculpted to look like a Native American head just chilling on the table in the middle of her basement. Wow. And I still hate sculptures. So did it you scared, it, did it w- so were bad. you aware that she did that? Was it your first bit of uh information that she was uh, doing these sculptures and no one had told oh, yeah. you or were you already aware and it just scared the the crap out of you? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, okay. It was all of her paintings down there. Yeah. Um and it was just You think uh, yeah. You think you'd, yeah, you'd want to mention that to a kid, by the way. By the way, there's nine heads on the table down there right, made of clay. Right, and <laughs> but, be nice. And you <laughs> know what? Thank, thank you, Laura. That's, uh, I, I totally understand why you'd be freaked out by that. But but she's got a good point. Why why the grandparents' house? Because now I'm thinking of other things that used to scare me at my grandparents' house. Because and, we're getting back at you. Well, I mean, they're older and closer to death. And they do evil things. Uh, they do evil things. Yes, that's no. when they, you're more likely to commune with Satan. You're making a deal to lengthen your life. Uh, no, but I remember... You want to live forever? I do. I remember the my at my, uh, my uh, paternal grandparents' house, the basement uh, down there kind of freaking me out. Uh, Great old people basements, man. And, and also they had an armoire that kind of scared me as well. Which, it, it's wild, because I guess... Was it tacky, or was it ominous? No, it sounded ominous, but uh, I, I guess because maybe when you're, when, you're, when you're at the grandparents, and maybe you're, as a kid, you're alone, you kind of you wander around and explore in the house, and the house you're not used mm-hmm. to being in regularly, if you live, you know, a distance from, from your grandparents. Oh, no. Grandma's dildos. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, uh, the armoire again in The Conjuring. Uh, there's there, it, it, all these things figure into classic horror tropes. We had an old clock that used to terrify me in my house. I've, I've told you guys we had a chair in my house to scare yep. me. We had a clock in my house. Was to this scare all me. your house or your grandparents? This was my. This was our house, the house that I grew up in. And uh, there was a clock. It was old, very, very old. Um, and it was uh, it was a, a spring loaded clock, and and it had a. Uh, it had a chime and everything, and every now and then, for some bizarre reason, that chime—I guess the the the, uh, the 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 spring was still slightly wound, and it went bang, and I'd be like, "Would terrify um, me." Do you think, Preston, it is uh, the chicken or the egg here? Be- it, because is it the fact that they're responding to generations of horror movies and stories that are based on this stuff, or do we, are we just naturally afraid? 
of old. Of old I think thing. it might be natural. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, or, or things, certainly yeah. the movies can exacerbate uh, the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go to. Hang on, somebody else finds a sump pump scary. I'm going to go to Liz. <laughs> Hi, Liz. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, Liz? So my boyfriend and I moved into a house in Cherry Hill a year ago, and the sump pump is in the unfinished part of the basement, um, and it's always kind of creeped me out. So we were having problems with it a month or two after we moved in, and he kind of laid on the floor and reached down into the sump pump and pulled out a nine-inch butcher knife. No! What? Sure wasn't a poop knife? Oh. Then he reached in again, and he pulled out two more nine-inch, like, kitchen knives. Dude. That's uh, that's troubling. That's somebody hiding the evidence. That's somebody hiding right. evidence. So the gentleman who lived in the house before we bought it, um, he died. He passed away. From murder. And he, was, yeah. he was a disabled man, so we don't know what the story is. Wow. Yeah, he was stabbed so to death. Really... If you find any heads in the basement, they're made of clay. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So wow, I'm that's... Really, I'm really afraid of the sump pump now. Okay, there well, you go. Preston, that's, that's exactly it. That looks Thanks, like Liz. somebody hiding evidence. You know what else would, would freak uh, people out? I think kids, at least, uh, are uh, taxidermied heads. Yeah. yeah. You know, of animals, especially because sometimes they'll pose them in, like, a, you know, an action pose or yeah. something and like by that. the way... There are certainly different degrees of efficiency when it comes to taxi. My my grandmother had, I think it was a, a bird. It looked like a devil bird. Whoever right, did the taxidermy right. on it was was a, was a beautiful whatever it was. Like a Norman Bates special. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why do you want to keep this? Yeah, somebody took it to the, that taxidermist even. Like, give me the demon special. Yeah, right. give me the one that looks like it was run over by a truck. Right. right. Uh, here's a text that says, we had a six-foot metal knight in my foyer. Like uh, Scooby-Doo? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Steve, that's pretty solid, that's really man. <laughs> Wait, I talked over it. <laughs> it's always the same effect, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, and they yeah. would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those kids. Uh, <laughs> I hit the weapons in the sump pump. <laughs> he says here we had a... Yeah, we had a whole episode. We had a six foot metal knight in my foyer. I got used to it, but it would scare the hell out of my friends. Yeah. My grandfather and it, I would go down in the basement, and he he didn't do taxidermy, but he ran uh, an illegal abortion clinic. Oh, oh in the basement, <laughs> and it God. was so scary. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go into that. Basement. You're not going to do that in the foyer. Yeah, <laughs> you have to do it in the basement. Uh, I thought, wow, he's a he's a he's a pip. That one. Let me go to Doug. Hi, Doug. Good morning. Morning, how you guys doing? Good, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, you guys just uh, brought up a memory for me uh, that I long forgot about. Uh, when I was a kid, my brother was four years older than me. I was, I don't know how old I was. I was really young, probably five or six years old. But obviously, the basement always scared everybody. So he would go down there while I was upstairs, and we had a chalkboard down there. And he would write messages on there and draw drawings of this creature from another world that lived in our basement. <sighs> so yeah. was so was that... Go, that's a great idea. Right? So I would go downstairs and there'd be this message to me from this creature from another world. <laughs> right? And he would do this to me every day. There'd be a new <laughs> message down there talking to me. And I was scared out of my mind. I'm like, I don't even want to go down there. And he's like, Oh, no, no, you got to come look. And my mom will get so angry with him. He's going to have bad dreams. You're scaring the crap out of him. And finally, 
one day I sneak down there and I see him writing on the board. <laughs> <laughs> it's been discovered. You're a big jerk. Wow. Doug, that's, uh, listen, I, I can see how that would traumatize you, but that's pretty damn inventive uh, for a brother. Did you ever grow up and give him some payback for that? Well, unfortunately, my brother passed away when I was a teenager. So you got it. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that's terrible. Beat him with the sump pump. Uh, but that's a that's a hell of a prank. I got thanks, Doug. So, Preston, I think I've mentioned the story on the air. I had to sleep for about three years on a cot in my brother's room, my little brother's room, because I scared the crap out of him with <laughs> horror stories and things I would tell him about the house. My mother said. You want to do that? Yeah. You are you gonna you're gonna sleep in the, and I slept on this incredibly uncomfortable cot That's in my brother's punishment. room. Yeah. That's a solid punishment. We used to uh, find out the with the universal remote controls. We found out that all of the codes for our neighbors' TVs, and if they were like on, we were such a holes as kids. But like on a Friday night, we would go into their windows as they were watching TV, <laughs> right, yeah. and we would like. Uh, type in like six 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 and the you know uh, turn up the vo- you know I, I I wonder to this day if they thought if, if they even remember that but like or what they thought I'm at sure that at the time. time it rocked their world <laughs> I'm I'm still wondering what uh, as adults what still bothers you but this is one uh, from a kid's memory and I do like this it says uh, in our laundry room I was convinced that E T yes from the movie and his mom lived in a cave behind our heater. <laughs> This is my mother, Bertha. <laughs> Bertha T. And I guess they had to be near the heater for warmth. Because it's cold on our planet, and we yeah. love the warmth of your planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the adult things that, that President and Nick Murphy, uh, uh, belated happy birthday to Nick Murphy, had just mentioned, crawl spaces. Yeah, uh-huh. he says the crawl space Crawl spaces are, and, and in fact, in our house, when you go, we have one of those storm doors outside, you know, with the tornado doors or yeah. whatever. What, what are they, what's, there's a technical term for that kind of door. With the the, the, the door. Uh, Bilko door? Bilko doors, yeah. right. And uh, so there's a, a little uh, steps uh, and stuff that's actually in its own little tiny hallway, and on each side of it are, are crawl spaces. Oh, and there's yeah. one of those, and they, they go the, li- the length of the house, oh. so if you look up, it's completely dark. Now, the cats love it, because they're having yeah. graves, you know, you see glow <laughs> sticks in the back, but the, uh, but it, it, it listen, and I'm, I'm there's there's little that causes me that sort of feeling, but it, it, on any given night, yeah. yeah. What's that uh, that M Night Shyamalan movie with the old uh, the visit? The yeah, yeah, that was yeah. The, the older couple. Yes, yeah. that was a freaky movie. <laughs> I did enjoy that one. Yeah, the crawl space is weird. I went to Chuck's uh, uh, Shore House. And I told you guys about this. Oh, yeah. He had a mystery room. Oh, right. That he never went. Oh, that's right. I think, in he, that eventually, door. I think he eventually went into because it was Marissa like did. Didn't Marissa a, go into a small crawl space. This is amazing. That you, had to, <laughs> that you had to go through. And eventually at the end of it was a room. And yeah. Chuck's like, they had owned the house for, I don't know, a year already. He's like, yeah, hey, I've never been in there. I'm like, what do you mean you've never been in there? <laughs> was it like that room in the Matrix with all the TVs and yeah. the, uh, the, the, the timekeeper or whatever? But Marissa, you, you crawled in there and, and uh, did a little recon for him? I did. I had to like pile a whole bunch of things up to like, wow. get in there and then there was just this tiny like full-size room but only a little person could get to it okay you know preston that's right again that's like the, the room where they keep the it was a devil child we had to keep her in a right room right Let me out. wait right. So there, there was a room on the other side of it that was, it was a normal room but on the other you had to crawl through it to get to it yeah i think so yeah wow. yeah, yeah yeah i don't not, not full on yeah cloven hooves Here's the deal. The, 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 the passageway to get to it was several feet off the ground. It wasn't like okay. a regular door you could Chef just level. open and crawl through. You had to 
climb up and then go through it and then get to the other room. It was like a head. What's the point of building yeah. that in the first I'll place? I'll tell you why, Preston. It kept his demonic pus from leaking out. Oh, God. It is a like a half-sized door at chest level. Yeah. That seems um, practical. Well, right? no, I'm like it's even like freakier. If there's a if there's another room on the other side of that little crawled way, yeah. that's when like you, even, when you that's find, even freakier. Yeah, when you find a whole separate room yes. that it clearly was used by someone at some point, yeah. your mind will race. Yeah. Especially if it's made for tiny people like Marissa. Yes. Uh let me go to uh let's go to Dennis. Hi, Dennis, you're on. Good morning, sir. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, what's up, bud? My in-laws had a house that's probably about 60 years old, and it has a four-foot well in the basement. And it's capped by, like, a two-inch circular concrete block. Like, you would have to, I Dude, don't know, you'd have to be Hercules to push it over. That's out. Of, that's right out of The Ring. Did you see the movie The Ring? No, I never saw it. So in the basement of this uh, uh, cabin, the cabin yeah. there is a well with a large cement or brick disc on top to keep right. uh, the, the little evil girl from getting out. Yeah, it's... Don't move that like, cover! <laughs> dude, it's more like keeping something out than getting water from the well. I look at it, and it's raised up from the concrete floor about a foot and a half, and it looks up in commercial, and you look at it, and you're just like, I'm afraid to even look down in there. I, I, it must be like the portal for the devil. Yes. Yeah, they, if there's a videotape next to it, don't watch it. Yeah, they clearly have uh, sealed up the portal to hell. Yes, exactly. You can pour a thousand bodies in there. Why is he wide? Why would a house need a well that big? Because of most... The girl is five feet tall. That's right. All right. Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate it. See, well, that would scare the F out of me. Yeah, big time. So, all right. Well, anyhow, your sump pump is just a sump pump. So don't until be, it kills you. Don't be afraid yeah. of it. But it used to terrify me when I was a when I was a kid. I was just afraid of that altogether. Listen, we got to take a break because we need to stay on time. We're going to go live on Fox. Good day. Yes. Uh, so we'll return with those guys and your first shot at winning a thousand dollars with Easy Money is coming up. So stay with us because that's right around the corner. We'll be right back. The MM Army. Join Marissa Magnata and Calendar Girls Dominique and Nicole Friday from 5 to 7 for a Preston and Steve's Totally Office Calendar 2020 raid at the Piccadilly Inn, 866 US 206 in Shemang, New Jersey. Order takeout for the big game from the Piccadilly Inn before Friday and get an order of buffalo mac and cheese free. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. We're going to go live on Fox Good Day in just a moment. After that, your first shot at $1,000 with easy money. So make sure that you are prepared and get the word and the means on how to do it. The music now means we're going live on Fox. Hey, Preston and Steve, we were looking at that. Oh, hi, Alex. We're going to uh, join Preston and Steve now. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. So Alex is uh, on South Beach, as you guys oh, know. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So. Hey, guys. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. We found this survey on ask.com. When is it okay, guys, to take off your wedding ring? 
Ooh, when is it okay to take off your wedding ring? With your mistress, probably, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's probably just a good manners. Uh, I don't wear a wedding ring. Uh, I never really have because I lost two of them. <laughs> and uh, so that kind of ended that. I've never been a ring wearer ever before I was uh, married, and it always felt kind of weird. And after losing him, I was like, you know, best to just probably. We're both more Prince Albert guys, right? That, that's that, our so, thing. Yeah, I have a ring somewhere <laughs> on my body. I, I, I So I. I'm, I'm like Preston. I, my uh, my wife got me. We had a, a clatter ring, which had a, a crown and a point on it, which always used to dig into my finger. And then I have a very thick wedding ring, which with typing and everything or whatever I'm doing gets in the way. However, when I go out, I will put the ring on. So you go out to an event ah, or, okay. or, or parties and stuff like that. I, I do that. But if a regular ring wearer takes it off, is that the question? When is a uh, when it, when is it yeah, okay to do it? Yeah, they say when they wash their hands or go swimming or they're playing basketball or when something. When you wash your hands, is it going to turn? No. Alex is obviously upset about this. Uh, I was. I'll tell you this. We heard a lot of women tell us that they take off their rings when they're making meatballs. That, that uh, is a, yeah. Well, yeah. there are stories where the ring has ended up in the meatball before. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. so cooking, I would cooking say. Cooking is would, time to take off your ring. Would be one of those times. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, Mike, playing sports, I think that you definitely want to take it off at that time because it could fly off maybe, you know, depending on how well it fits. Exactly. I'm, I'm betting Alex, well, they- Alex, you on South Beach, I bet you there'll be a lot of men around you who'll be taking <laughs> off their wedding rings. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was telling them earlier, I said, that's why you look for tan lines. So that way you can still see <laughs> the telltale what sign. was supposed to be there. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 But there so are, I think fellas. for single women, it can be confusing. You know what I mean? And yeah. Sometimes I always like to check. That way I know, you know, boundaries or whatever. You know, I know you're not on some other. But if you don't have it there, unless you bring it up, how are we supposed to know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I yeah, know, yeah. You could be in a committed relationship and not be married anyway. And mm-hmm. still, sure. So. Committed to That's many true. people. That's yeah. a good point. Is the <laughs> ring really going to keep you from cheating? No. You should, it should be in your heart. Yes. That's right. Exactly. But there I know, I know there are some women that are that are diehard you never don't oh, yeah. ever take it off. Exactly. And uh that's it's like a sign. The hard facial. Yeah. Just wear a sandwich board at that point. Yeah. yeah. I'm married. <laughs> I love her. All right, right. thanks guys. All right. Bye bye. We'll see you later, guys. All right. Um yeah, I lost two of those. <laughs> I did, I actually didn't know that you do you didn't wear a ring. Oh, you never noticed? I don't think so. No. Okay. I thought that was something women always notice is whether or not a guy was wearing a ring or not. Maybe if you're single and you're looking. Yeah. I I had to take my ring off uh, because I got too fat for it, Um, unfortunately. We benefit from it. I I know a friend of mine, same way, had put on a lot of weight, and I mean, he could not get Get it off. off. Couldn't get it off. He eventually lost like 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. And I don't know if he ended up, but that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Big time. So you wear. I wear a silicone ring now. Okay. So that that will expand with your expansion if if it needs. Yeah, it's a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, Yeah, it'll take it up to a 32. Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you this. Uh, First off, uh, I don't think you 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 wear your ring all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You when you wash your hands, when you cook all of it. I don't cook. You don't cook at all? Yes, you cook. I barely cook. I mean, like I microwave. Uh, (laughs) Well, all right. All right, anyway, oh, man, it's, oh! it's, it's oh! 8.02. Hang on, it's 8.02, everybody. Let's do this. 93.3 WMMR. Easy money. Sorry, I'm a couple of minutes late with this, but we are ready to go. And we have a chance for you to win. The word for this hour is super, S-U-P-E-R. You have until 8.15 to enter it via te- <clears throat> text, excuse me, to the special contest short code number we have. 
855-345-9111. Or, if you're interested in winning the $10,000 grand prize, you can enter using the MMR mobile app or via the contest page at WMMR.com, and you will be in the running for it. Now, you'll get a call if you're randomly selected in this Beasley Nationwide contest and win $1,000. Complete contest rules are available at WMMR.com. Again, the word that you want to send to us is super, S-U-P-E-R. Good luck from Meineke and 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, and this morning it is brought to you by Robbins Diamonds and Tax-Free Delaware with thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robbins Delaware Diamonds. So an Italian man was denied Swiss citizenship despite living there for 30 years because he was unaware that bears and wolves shared an enclosure at his local zoo. What? Yeah, right? Authorities asked the applicant a number of questions as part of the process, including some geared towards assessing his level of integration into the local area. Despite having lived in lived in uh, Switzerland for 30 years and run a successful small business there, his ignorance over the local zoo had scuppered his application. Scuppered it all up. <laughs> all, all over <laughs> All scuppered all over him. At the Goldau Nature Animal Park, apparently brown bears. Listen, I'm a bear, and I'd like to speak as a character witness. He's a fantastic person, and you should make him a citizen. Uh, they are housed in a two-hectare hecta- community facility. A two-hectare community facility. Uh, facility. Fa- facility. Uh, that's been pre-scuppered. <laughs> with a pack of European wolves. Who wrote this? <laughs> The two species have lived together in for the, a fortnight in the same compound for eleven years. Hence, uh, and though, yeah, uh, no, the uh, the man also had trouble with local geography and interviews had concerns over some interviewers had some concerns over his t- uh, tax reports and foreign property. I'm sure the tax is more the issue. Despite the concerns, he'd never been summoned to court because of the irregularities. Uh, but a court on Monday ruled that the Naturalization Commission had failed to balance their decision fairly and had placed too much value on the social integration aspects yes. of the test. So. I'm, I'm surprised. Don't they make you yodel, too, to prove? Yeah, maybe. In yeah. Switzerland? Yeah, yeah, it's quite possible. Uh, so anyhow, apparently it's fairly common in Switzerland. They get you all scuppered. A Florida man looked to exchange mouth pleasures for different mouth pleasures and oh, saw no. his entire plan fall apart when the woman with whom he offered to trade a hamburger for oral sex turned out to be a police officer. <laughs> According to police, 57-year-old Frank Capone approached an undercover St. Petersburg police officer and offered a hamburger in exchange for oral sex. Hey, I'd take a little trip to Tuna Town if you buy me a hamburger. Uh, he was arrested on prostitution charges. Police did not reveal what type of hamburger the man was offering. I him. bet you he's probably like a male modely type. That's what I, <laughs> yeah. the, what I have in my mind. That's what he had to offer. All right, so kind of like a Tyson Beckford. Yeah. If you're offering money or goods and or goods, that's prostitution. So you can't do it for hamburgers. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Any okay. exchange not, of that just, for sex. It's not just money. If, you, if you're offering up any any material item, any exchange, I think, for sex. Then... However, on a date, it's perfectly legal. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I'll buy dinner. <laughs> you give me a Hummer. Exactly, yeah. yes. Fair enough. <laughs> Frederick P. Brechter was arrested on Friday. Listen to this. The man attempted to drive his car up Magic Mountain Ski Area in Vermont. The slope. Wow. <laughs> okay, so... 
Troopers from the Vermont State Police and officers responded to a report that a man was trying to drive a motor vehicle from the parking lot up the ski slopes. Any mention of what kind of vehicle it was? Mm, you like know what? Jeep? No. no. Police met with the driver identified as Frederick P. Brechter. According to the report, Brechter failed standardized field sobriety tests and displayed several, I could have done it. several indicators of impairment, and he had already had one DUI on his record. But he saw the ski slope and thought it was a good idea. <laughs> wow. Never underestimate what can be used as a weapon. On Saturday afternoon, four robbers broke into a business in Sandy Springs, Georgia, while a store owner was out getting lunch. When he returned from lunch, he found thieves in action. So he swung at them with what he had in his hand, a plastic bag filled with pickle jars. Oh, man. He managed to hit one thief in the head and face. That would hurt. Yeah, it would. And a witness helped subdue the thieves until police arrived. Uh, they were arrested and charged with several things, including armed robbery. But it was the pickle jars that did the job. <clears throat> now, this is out of Seattle. A local superhero, quote-unquote superhero. He's one of these uh, you know, people that roams the streets. And a thinks, kick-ass? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> Known for the, in the past, for... Serving justice and helping the police combat crime in downtown Seattle is now in super trouble with the law. Benjamin John Fodor, known by his superhero name Phoenix Jones, faces multiple drug charges after he allegedly sold MDMA or Molly to another person. Uh, There was a documentary about these people. Yeah. Uh, An undercover officer scheduled a meeting with a popular Cape Crusader known in the past for patrolling Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood every week and stopping fights, feeding the homeless, and ensuring justice is served. You're a good citizen today. Would you like to purchase some molly? Uh, Fodor typically wore a costume underneath his street clothes in case he encountered crime on the streets. He carried a net gun and enlisted the support of a sidekick in order to fight the surge of crime in the area. Kids, remember, go to school every day and purchase all of your narcotics from me. This real-life superhero's particular undoing, though, happened to be a penchant for selling drugs. A witness had told detectives that they could not believe that Fodor had not been caught yet by authorities, (laughs) paving the way for an undercover sting operation designed to catch the superhero that turned to a life of crime. Maybe they were just assuming and looking the other way because he was, you know, of course this guy's not going to do it. Yeah, I think that that was the deal. So the operation revealed Fodor sold Molly to an undercover narcotics detective uh, at a Starbucks. Prior to the encounter, the undercover detective sent Fodor $300 on Venmo. Investigators said that the superhero accepted an additional $200 in person and agreed to sell more Molly to the detective at a later date. And then they set up another sting and busted him with cocaine and Molly and all kinds of In stuff, his defense, right? those net guns are expensive. Uh, well, you know, yeah. you got to make ends meet and you right. got to be able to stop crime, right? You don't want to know how they paid for the back cave. Last story. I love this story. Your first experience of parenting, parenting together used usually comes in the delivery room at the hospital. And if you've had an experience similar to one mom, you'll find that her Nerf gun idea (laughs) to keep her husband awake was genius. Samantha Marvick Miller shared a photo to Facebook uh, from when she was in the hospital after delivering her baby. The photo wasn't of her new baby or new family photo of her and her husband. It was a picture of the Nerf gun that she packed in her hospital bag to make sure that her husband didn't sleep while she was awake with their new baby. Uh, She had written in the caption, worried about the nights in the hospital with your newborn and sleeping dad? Well, then don't forget one of these in your hospital bag. Uh, The photo resonated with a surprising amount of people who also had found that their partner was hard to wake up while in the hospital not long after the hardworking mom 
uh, did it all to bring their baby into the world. Did Rochelle take any uh, of these uh, precautions? She did not, uh, but I did fall asleep in the in the room uh, a few times. Oh, boy. But she said, I packed it because when my five-year-old was born, my husband slept through him crying in the hospital. And a lot of people had uh, commiserated <laughs> with her sure. and thought that it was a great idea. So she kept them awake with the Nerf gun. There you go. That's what I have in uh, the Bizarre File for you this morning. All right, so you have five more minutes because we gave you the uh, special word for our Easy Money Contest. It's super, S-U-P-E-R. You have until 815 to enter that uh, via the short code, which is 45911, or you can do it through the MMR mobile app or through the contest page at WMMR.com. So you have a little bit of time left. If you have not done it yet, the word is super. Get on it now. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, Hamid Weinberg, who's going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club. One night only, right? Stopping in the studio. Uh, yeah, tonight at 8 o'clock, from what I understand. So we'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, thank you to Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. Keep listening to the Preston and Steve show to find out when we're headed back to Jack Frost Mountain for the 14th annual Cardboard Classic. And visit jfbb.com anytime for conditions and to view their live webcam. JFBB, where the snow comes first. Back with more of the Preston and Steve show podcast. By the way, Kath, our, our next guest knows everything you were talking about because he was raised here in Philadelphia. How beautiful. We're, we're happy to have him here. He's going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club tonight. Please welcome Ahmed Weinberg. Yay! Wow. Our program. So Blue Root, Schuylkill, the Yeah, I was getting you know. some PTSD there yeah. in traffic. <laughs> Dude, I, I hear you, yeah. I, I was on, I was on uh, the Schuylkill yesterday for the first time in a while. I'm now closer to uh, three you're or nine, still which, there, but you know mind. you pick it right back up. It's like you know, it's like Charlie's in the bush, and you're running through a, a, you know, a field in Vietnam. It's horrifying. Yeah, I yeah. completely feel that. Wow, and it's also crazy to see the person giving the traffic report. Like I heard that my whole life growing up, and there she is. It's like seeing your teacher in the grocery store. You're like, oh, you're a human being. It's weird. Yeah, when that happens, there's that weird. mouth making that sound. Right. Holy crap! <laughs> I can't curse, right? No, uh, crap, not, uh, S, the S word and the so F well. word, the, the C word. Just write it down and hold it up, and we'll give it the thumbs up. If okay. It's, uh, cool. Hey, speaking of, of seeing your teachers, you went to Chestnut Hill Academy. I so did, yeah. High school was a local thing for <laughs> yeah. you. Very fancy. Uh, when did you move away to the West Coast? Nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, I went to University of Vermont after high school for two years. Went through a bad breakup, came back, went to Temple, as you do after a bad breakup. Right, right. Uh, it's what they recommend, right? Yeah. Yeah, the doctor's like, just go to Temple, you know, get a, get an undergrad. You'll be fine. Just stay away from the streets. Yeah. So UVM, why, why UVM? 
I just wanted to get out. I just wanted to like do something else, you okay. know, and experience it. To, I, to, to do something that was sort of a, a, a bit of a tectonic shift where you're a different environment and that whole, I can see that sort of, you know, let's go someplace completely different. Yeah, and I always felt like I was a hippie at heart and I was like, it's, you know, I'm like, I want to go up there. It's like a reefer-friendly school <laughs> and it'll be fine. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's, Cabot Cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's right. I'm just going to get some cholesterol right. and just yeah, get yeah, yeah. fat. Cabot yeah. Cheese rocks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I went to Burlington for a vacation once, and it's solely because I love the band Fish, and that's where they got their start. And, oh, yeah. Um, and I, I, I thought Burlington was a really, really cool little city, and, you know, um, UVM's right there. Yeah, UVM's right there. It's just a perfect little, like, the ghetto of Burlington looks like Sesame Street. It's like these <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> beautiful colored <laughs> buildings. You're like, this this is great. Muppets and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you got out of Philly twice, once for college and then once to L.A. Do you ever miss it? Of course, yeah. I love Philly so much. Especially L.A. is just so big and vast and, you know, the weather's just so nice and just makes me want to be cold again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm asking. No, but I, I, I was at Temple doing their film program, and I got an internship with uh, uh, Tim and Eric out oh, in L.A. Yeah, super talented. And from Philly. And they're, they went to yeah. Temple, too. Yeah. So I went out there and did that, and then I, I just stayed. Did that help having the the Philly connection with those guys? I mean, because they're 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 brilliant, but it's always good to have a little bit of an in or, or you know common subject matter to talk about when you first meet each other. Yeah, we talked about the Schuylkill and the traffic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole, yeah. whole deal. I was like, I'm going to meet Kathy one day. I guarantee you. <laughs> so no one gets. She sits behind a wall. Yeah, um, we're in a quarantined. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it feels like the apocalypse right the, now. You're it's actually like, right. The movie Quarantine. They actually covered the building with tarp when the when that rage virus infects it. So it looks exactly like this. Yeah, yeah the coronavirus yeah, is here. We're, we're protecting ourselves. It. Hey, with that, with traveling and stuff like that, and now on the, the West Coast, and all, you know, we're, we've all been told it's under control, it's under control, and yet we keep hearing about these cases pop up. Air travel and stuff like that, is that, beca- is that a little bit of a concern in the back of your mind? I haven't thought about it. At all. Yeah? Yeah. Those things, I just, like, drown them out in my head with my other concerns. <laughs> like, I'm not going to... I don't know. Me too. I wrote a like... joke about the coronavirus, but that's about it. That's as much as I think about things. Okay. Like, if yeah. they're worth a joke, then I'll think about them. Right. Yeah. Can you tell the joke? Um, yeah, I only said it once on stage, but I said, uh, the coronavirus, that's what Trump calls Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's political, but, you know, it's early. Every once in a while, it's, it's all right. So yeah. so back in town, how often do you get back here, and when you're back, do you get together with old friends? And Yeah, yeah, my high school buddies. I mean, we were all shell-shocked from being in an all-male private school for so long, so we get together and we talk about those days of... Not knowing what a woman smelled like. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. It was... uh, do they come to the show or will yeah. they? Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. I, I'm terrified, actually, because this show is going to be a lot of my parents' friends who are all Muslim. Yeah. And then my friends from high school who have heard all of my jokes because they keep up with me more than anyone. So there's a small... There's a Venn diagram of things. <laughs> what, what's going to cross over? Yeah, yeah there's just gonna... one thing in the middle, and it's, how are you guys doing tonight? Like, and then I have to leave. Right, right. <laughs> now, you are, and, and you address it, at least in, in some of the, the performances I've seen you done, uh, th- that you've done, uh, you're Muslim, raised Muslim by former Catholic mother and former Jewish father. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, how much of that 
I mean, you've got to address that in your act, you know? Oh, I have to address it all the time. Right. In every Uber I get in. (laughs) (laughs) Every every Uber I get in, the drivers, like, I can just see them just, like, scratching, and they just have to be like, so what is wrong with this? (laughs) Why is your name Ahmed? Why are you white? Why is your hair red? I'm confused. Are you ginger? Are you Jewish? Are you... It's just, like, this thing that they can't... They're just busting at the seams. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you, because I was reading about an interview with you, and you you talk about... And and the truth is, is that a a good portion of comedy is steeped in 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 Jewish tradition and mm-hmm. uh you know the the, the borscht belt comedians and and self-deprecation you make the point that self-deprecation is something that's intrinsic to uh Jewish comedy yeah but not so much in the in the Muslim world right so and, and there's a, there's a distinction so you're kind of a cool amalgamation of all these different things <laughs> and I guess you you as you say you're always looking for a happy medium that that hits everybody you right yeah, I mean, I could talk about Islam, I guess, like, as a Jew, which I don't know if anyone's ever been able to do that, <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I got to go on birthright. Like, I've, I went to Mecca on pilgrimage when I was 10. What was that like? I got sunburned. <laughs> I was the only ginger in Mecca. I'm, I'm, I think I still hold that record. I don't know. But the only ginger in Mecca has got to be. A, yeah, I, that's got to be the name of my memoir. Be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's no sunblock there. They don't. There's not much shade either. More, they more, don't account for us. More people than at a fish concert. When the yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. just it's huge numbers. Oh yeah, and there is a mosh pit like around the Kaaba. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's what it looks like. It's in, in, I was a child and I was just like experiencing you know a Metallica concert, but for God, like that's what it felt <laughs> yeah. like. Just all these people just pushing and trying to touch this box. That's like this holy. Do you, you do know, the the circle around the, the you Kaaba walk and the around whole thing? it? Yeah. yeah, I saw a guy do it on a hoverboard recently. <laughs> I think is cheating. I, don't, yeah. I think yeah. God would be like, man, eh, purg- purgatory. Right. right. <laughs> did you uh, did you ever read or uh, the Kite Runner or see the movie? No. Okay. So there's a there's a, a person in the movie who's a Taliban, but he's um, a blonde haired, blue eyed, uh, evil person. He's just this uh, reprehensible character. Um, but his physical characteristics the characteristics really set him apart from every other member of the Taliban and it's it's kind of jarring and I, I wonder if is that, it a true story yeah yeah well it's based on some true stories of this uh, Khalad Hosseini who grew up in Afghanistan uh. wrote the book and, and about his childhood and about growing up with the Taliban around him um, so there are these characters who are true but I think this person is a bit fictionalized uh, but a blonde-haired blue-eyed member of the Taliban just who uses seems... a hoverboard Nick, right? <laughs> right yeah are you asking if I'm in the Taliban <laughs> no I'm asking what it's like to grow up a, as a, a ginger Muslim? Um, what's it like? I mean, I never felt much discrimination at CHA. Like, <laughs> I was just another white guy there, you know? Right, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, especially, like, you know, you, you go to a new school. Like, I went to Muslim schools before I went to CHA. That was okay. my second grade I went to CHA through 12th grade. So, But before that, I was homeschooled and then went to this Muslim school in, in I think, South Philly and... When I got to CHA, I was like, oh, cool. I finally, like, get to be normal and, like, American. And, like, right, yeah. And then uh, it wasn't. I had to, <laughs> My mom immediately was like, we're going to have a field trip to the mosque. And we're going to bring everyone to the mosque to learn about your culture. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. And it went about as bad as it could have gone. Uh, if you want me to tell the story, I can. But it was... A nightmare. Well, I'm sure it's like any any parent, you know, letting the uh, the rest of the school in on your personal life, and you know, 
but but the you're saying that the uh, the actual field trip went a little awry. It did because you know before you can go into the mosque, you have to do this ritual called ablutions, where you wash your body, like yes. you wash yeah. your hands, and your. And um, my mom couldn't show us all the boys in the class how to do it because she's a woman; she can't go in the men's washroom. So there was just a random guy there who was like scary looking. <laughs> like it, I remember. Um, Osama bin Laden. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was him. It was him. I I think he was there. Possibly. Wow. (laughs) Maybe on a on a visa. And he was just like, "Hey, I'll I'll show them how to wash." (laughs) (laughs) And he brought like thirty kids into this washroom. You know, Catholics and Jews, all these kids, and they've never experienced a mosque before. And he taught us how to wash. And then he told everyone individually to go into the bathroom stall, and there's a little kettle on top of the on top of the bathroom on top of the toilet. And if you're not Muslim, you have no idea what this is because it looks like it's for watering plants. Yeah. Like I had one in my bathroom growing up and my friends would come over and be like, why is there a watering kettle? There's no plants. And I have to be like, oh, that's for your butt. For, for your butt. You have okay. to. Yeah, because there's no bidets here. OK. You yeah. know, so there's like a watering kettle for your butt and for your front. Yeah. <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I can say that uh, penis. Yes. You, you can, can say, say penis. penis. So it's, it's <laughs> your front butt. As your, I call your front butt. butt. <laughs> The protruding front butt. (laughs) So this random guy with this bearded Muslim scary looking dude like tells everyone like go in the bathroom stall and wash your penis with this little kettle. Yeah. And the field trip got real quiet after. Yeah. 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 That was like, okay, what is going on? And my mom had no idea. Like we went we met her up in the mosque, you know, after we did that, and she had no idea that everyone just that's the end of it. Okay, yeah. but uh, that must tiny have been, wet penises. You tiny get. wet penises. That must have gone over well with the parents who signed permission slips, right? I, I mean, or had they signed permission slips? Of course they had. I don't know really what there. Was there an asterisk at the bottom of the, of the sheet? Your tiny penis may get wet. <laughs> so listen. The, <laughs> in in a different religion, uh, uh, we just switch over to Catholicism. There was uh, like uh, we had heard stories in this area where, like at a boys' school, when they would go swimming, the priests would make them all swim naked. In right, in, do you remember about that? We that? Yeah, about Wait, that. really? Yes. Yeah. And and the, and the parents were like, "That's normal." <laughs> yes. You know, and, you know, now with the hindsight and all that, you're like, okay, well, this that's... This is years ago, correct? Years and years yeah, ago. Years, yeah, years, years ago. probably like, yeah. you know, 50s, 60s, maybe even the 70s or whatever. 2015. <laughs> no. no. Uh, it, 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 well, that's that's kind of... Now, have you... Did you... Um, have you been by Misfit or... Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. So then I went on that pilgrimage to Mecca when I was 10, and then when I was 20, I got to go on Birthright, which is uh, a trip to Israel for right. Jews. It's a free trip. It's a 10-day trip. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. If you're Jewish and you haven't taken advantage of this. I want to go. I want to go to Israel. Yeah. Oh, it's my beautiful. God. Yeah. The Dead Sea, everything. But, I mean, it was – I was, you know, again, a fish out of water because you go into Israel and our group, you know, our group of Jews from Temple University <laughs> is being escorted by these Israeli soldiers and they're like, hey, what? What's up with this Muslim here? Like, is he sneaking in? Like that, it just, <laughs> it felt too like 
sketchy to them, yeah. you know. And but wow. they finally got to know me, and and I got bar mitzvahed. They were like, if anyone hasn't been bar mitzvahed, we can just do it like a wow. shotgun. I wedding. thought that takes a, takes a, a bit of prep, right? You always hear that it's a little bit uh, fairly elaborate with a lot of uh, a lot of reading, reading, a lot of memorization, recitation. Yeah. I never, I never did that. They were just like. We can just bar mitzvah. We can just get you guys in. Wow. So it's, it's like when you get uh, certified for scuba at a resort. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're in the it's, deep end. It's pretty wild, though, that you get, you get the perspective from all these different angles, and, and, and the career is, 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 is off and running. When you did uh, Colbert, that had to be very cool. Oh, uh, yeah. To, yeah. I mean, you know, that was that your first time on the show? Yeah, it was my first time on Colbert. I did Seth Meyers before that, so that it was my second late night. But I always think that you know, the, for some reason, I think it's because it goes back all the way to Carson and the Tonight Show. The, a, a late night, you know, segment is one of the holy grails, one of the stepping points. Yeah, of, of a stand-up comedian. Oh yeah, totally. and and uh, you know you're you're dealing with intrinsically funny people. All, all the hosts of all the shows are are, are comedians at, at some level. Uh, and uh, so, but were you? Did you? Did you go on? Did you get, have a Zen moment, or were you nervous? What was that like? Um, what was it like? It's hard to remember those moments that well because it just happens. It just happens. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as scary. Like you get all your nerves out in stand-up comedy, like well before you're going to do late night. Sure, right? it's, a, it's a different animal, though. And I know they make you do, do they make you submit your material in written form before you do it. Yeah, you have to submit a tape to the booker, and then she looks at the tape and tells you what jokes she likes, what jokes she doesn't. Then you write like a transcript and send that in. And then, okay, yeah, and I had to go back and forth on a few jokes and you know change them so that they were. Yeah, applicable. It seems weird because um, not everybody in that audience is is is, is there for a stand up comedy set, you know. Uh, which, so it's got to be a little bit different than you know walking into the comedy store, you know, doing a set at Helium or whatever, where everybody bought that ticket specifically for that. So you're you're reaching because obviously you're being broadcast to millions of people across the country and yeah. the world or whatever. But you know, you're really talking to those people in that crowd. And you're like, ah, oh, man, I hope this all goes over well with these with these people, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just look at the audience, and they're yeah. just there. It's just I mean, an audience. Yeah, yeah. and the, the warm-up comic, like, there's always, on, on Seth Meyers, Colbert tapes a little differently, and I hope I'm allowed to say this, but uh, they shoot a bunch of stand-ups in one, at one time. Oh. Do they? And then they uh, put them in over the course of the year. So, so that's why you never, you rarely see a comedian go over after a set. Yeah, he wasn't there. Okay. I, yeah, he was. Colbert wasn't there? No. Whoa! That's kind of a rip that's off. Weird. Oddly enough, Jimmy Fallon was, which is just weird. <laughs> but the audience was? Yeah, the audience comes to just like a stand up taping. And I don't really? know if they know that they're. I don't know if they know what they're getting into. Yeah. By the way, Stephen won't be here tonight. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. folks. So how many huh. standups were there that day? Like six of us. Wow. No, but it was cool actually because it kind of just felt like a regular show. Okay. okay. Yeah. It felt like a showcase where That'd there was like a host, and then he brought up everyone individually and. Stories are, are legendary of comedians who came out like when Letterman was there. Yeah, and he would call you the couch. Right. And also you're 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 being observed by a master with Carson, you know, master, and and it's. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> you just feel almost the breath on your back as they're scrutinizing you. So, but yeah. you didn't have to deal with that. Well, that's actually pretty cool, I think. It was cool. I was a little bummed to think like, oh, no, he won't be there. But then when I got there and I was like, oh, it'll just run like a regular show. I was like, oh, that takes a lot of stress out of it, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, they, do they record Colbert reactions like, well, that could have gone better? <laughs> or, great job. No. Oh, okay. No, no. That would be so weird. <laughs> they just taped him. But they must like, record him 
introing you. Yeah, so they like record his intro on the night that your thing airs. Okay. okay. Yeah, he had John Stewart on last week and they taped that episode with John Stewart a week prior. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was like and it was a random Thursday night or whatever. I, I thought that there was a big gap in between the taping of the show and the airing of the show. Right. Yeah, I mean show business is just weird. Like I I was actually supposed to be on the show a few times. They were going to like put my segment in. And uh, they started tagging me on all their socials, and then the interviews went long, and they'd be like, uh, "Sorry, it's not going to happen." Oh. So, but when I did uh, when I did Seth Meyers, you know, he brought me out. I, I was the the thing that I shot that day aired that night, so it was way more you know traditional. Immediate, in that way. okay, yeah. interesting. If you're yeah. just jumping in, it's uh, Ahmed Weinberg who's with us going to be at Helium Comedy Club uh, doing a one night only show at eight o'clock. You can get tickets at heliumcomedy.com. One of the things you know you you talked about uh, you know getting all this out of the way doing stand up, and then eventually you go on and you do late night, and it should be pretty seamless because you've gotten used to being in front of audiences regularly. Yeah. And one uh, one thing that every stand-up comedian has to deal with, no matter your level of, of fame or your level of uh, of being a veteran or not, is uh, is getting heckled. It's just part and parcel. It's what it comes with the job. <laughs> Given your complex religious background, oh, yeah. how intense does that get? Very intense. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's, like, scary. It's like somebody who's got a real problem? It's someone or... who's, like, I hate... Like, I, I was auditioning for this club. It was my audition, and I had to do five minutes. I hate Temple students. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was in L.A., and, and uh, this guy in the middle... Of the, I was talking about how my dad converted from Judaism to Islam, and this in the middle of the crowd, this guy goes, Boo! <laughs> And I was like, okay, like uh, I have five minutes here to impress the booker. Yeah, right. But I have to address this. I'm uh-huh. like, what's so what? You don't like Muslims? He goes, nope. And I was like, what? What don't you like about Muslims? He goes, I don't know the throat slitting. <laughs> oh and, my god! And like looks around, and the audience it was a very conservative audience, mm-hmm. but they're like, hey, we voted for Trump, but we're not evil. Like, <laughs> this guy is not. We we do not represent him. <laughs> right, right. Whatever bubble he lives in where he thought, I could say this and everyone's going to be like, you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. All Muslims do that. Yeah. You know, it's not his reality is. And uh, yeah. And then I had to finish my set. <laughs> After that. Wow. Yeah. Did you for any, yet, any but... moment consider he was just doing boo like you're my boo? Oh, uh, interesting. I, I mean, it's more modern. I, he would have said, Bay. Bay. <laughs> yeah. This is post so. Well, I have, a, I have a real friend out there. You, you worked on the uh, the Eric Andre show. Yeah, I was, a, I was a PA. I was an intern on the pilot and then a PA on a later... Uh, <laughs> The show was just, you know, insanity. Yeah. And and he is, uh, he is just, uh, you know, on another level. I mean, he will go for anything. Uh, Any, any, any moments on that show that, that, uh, that uh, you take away with you, you'll have in your mental file effects forever. Incredible experience working on that show. Like Eric and Kitao and Andrew, the two directors were like the nicest people in the world to me. Yeah. And they wanted me to be in the show as a production assistant, which was what I was doing actually. So I had to be an actual PA and then play a PA in the show (laughs) itself. So I was literally like. I would slate, which is like that clap thing yeah. that you do for in front of all the cameras, and to sync the sound, and then literally run on set, and Eric would like like choke me out or something like that. <laughs> so I was literally learning. I'm like I'm learning how to slate for cameras, and right. then I'm also getting choked out by the star of the show. 
and just watching the insanity happen. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's one of those guys who just doesn't give it. I mean, he pushes it as far as you can. I, you know, there's not many that go to that level, but he does. Yeah. And, and the show was, was like a, a runaway train, but but fascinating to watch. Oh man! So, um, so what are you? Are you uh, are you an actor that's a comedian, uh, a comedian that's an actor, or are you a writer that's a comedian that's a, a P? I, yeah. So, what are you? Well, first, yeah, I stand up is the thing that like brought me into the entire world of show business. Like, I as a kid, I just wanted to do. I did stand up in what was it, like sixth grade at the talent show at CHA. <laughs> Wrote your own jokes and everything? And my dad helped, for sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, my first joke was, um, you know, and I was this weird chubby, I had a red fro, and oh, just boy. nobody knew who I was, and I was just like, <laughs> my name's Ahmed Weinberg, I'm half Jewish and half Muslim. You think you've got problems? I'm at a holy war with myself. <laughs> I had no idea what that meant. I don't think anyone in the audience did either, but everyone's like, that's a joke. And just gives me like a standing ovation. Right. I killed so hard doing that talent show that like that set the precedent for the rest of my life of being like Okay, that's what I have to chase now. Wow, yes. you got you the bug. Killed it on the first on the first time. I out. killed it on the first time. Nice. Yeah. How much of your material was written by your dad? Um, that joke. The rest of them. The rest of them were the made. sex stuff was yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember one of my other jokes, which was, uh, you know, teachers say books are your best friends, but that's because they have the books with all the answers in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think these were good jokes. They are good jokes. Yeah. That's solid. <laughs> Jim Florentine did something which I bring up all the time because it was hilarious. He he had jokes that he's written throughout his life, uh-huh. and he basically reads through these horrible jokes from his you know, and, and one right after another, <laughs> and you just start laughing at how bad stuff that he thought was good was, and it's just it's a, a whole album. If you ever get a chance, give a listen because I think any comedian would 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 find it hilarious. Oh man, yeah, I have tapes of me doing stand up. Uh, like I would do it like once a year, kind of from yeah. that point on, because I was so scared. You know, I would just like I would be in the bathroom, just like go, like you, you just washing empty. your penis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just like empty your stomach before those first sets. Really, you're just so terrified of yeah performing. And My first open mic was at Helium, and that's no where kidding. I'll be tonight. So yeah, that's pretty cool too. Casey and I were watching one of your routines the other day, and uh, it's, it cracked me up. You're talking about how you know uh, quiet people seem smart, and so you should just be quiet if you're at a party <laughs> or something like that. When you're actually just sitting there counting your teeth with your tongue, <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. I loved it. The best comedy just comes from real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I just found myself at a party. I'm like. Literally counting my teeth. <laughs> being like, how stupid am I that this is what I'm doing? Well, I'm stupid enough to actually lose count because I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Is that, is that, is that, Did I do the bottom yet? That, yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, so I was laughing about this, and it's not your act, but like how stupid I am. I, my daughter is uh, getting ready to go into high school, so she was um, interviewing at these private schools, and one of the interviews, they wanted the parent to be there with them. And uh, at one point, um, the lady was talking to me, and uh, she starts to ask me a question, and I realize that the entire time she was talking, I was thinking about the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> and uh, it's understandable. And, and it was like extra, extra. Whoa. Somebody's getting married. Yeah. Somebody's, and so the second I realize her pantameter is going into question form, I'm like, oh my god, please oh, no. make this a oh, long enough question so I can sort of understand what you're asking right, because right, right. I have. No clue. And so 
Thank, and I can't remember what the question was, but thankfully the question was long enough. I was like, okay, I think I can answer it. It turns out the question was, did you see the Muppet State Man have? Remember when Big Bird was in the back of the church? (laughs) So it's not necessarily uh, speaks to my intelligence level, but my attention span, no doubt, uh, is, is... Really right, right. Yeah. You just catch the end of her question. She's like, so what do you think? And you're like, I don't know if Kermit could use a payphone. Like, I don't know how he would. I don't know if those fingers could work the buttons. It would... It's like, well, your daughter's not getting in. But that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, you're, you're exactly what we're looking for. Wow. Uh, so since you're just doing the one night, are you headed right back to L.A.? Or do you get to spend a little time in town? I'm going to be in town for a little. I'm going to Bethlehem on, on uh, Thursday, Bethlehem, PA, to do another gig. And oh, okay. Then, and then I'll be here till next Tuesday. Oh, Very wow. nice. So I'll be around. Yeah. Your, do your, your mom and dad still live here? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're staying with them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of interesting, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm in, uh, I'm in my childhood home. Just wow. Yeah. You Did start... they keep your room the same? No. No, actually, a, a rabbit lives in my room. <laughs> no joke. There is, there, there there is a rabbit <laughs> named Elliot who has the entire room. Really? Yes, because my sister bought a rabbit. My sister lives in Ardmore, and she's a she's a barber. She works at this. Uh, she works at Dave's Wissahickon Barber Shop. Okay. Check it out; it's great. But then. Okay. She uh, bought a rabbit for her and her fiancé in their apartment, and their landlord kicked the rabbit out, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> so my, so my, my parents took on this rabbit, and um, her name was Ellie, but then we found out it was a guy, so now his name is Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. And uh, I think it has replaced me. Yeah. Like, it's an empty nest syndrome. <laughs> my parents just, it just hops into the living. First of it's free range. It's not in the cage. Wow. It poops in a cage, but, like, the rest of the day, it's just walking around the house. So, so it's, it's basically trained? litter trained It's trained, to, it's go trained to poop in the cage. Wow. Yeah, you can train a rabbit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're good. The only problem is they chew everything. They, yeah. chew, they do. They chew all the wood and the cords and, you yeah. know, that part's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, you're just, you're in the living room and a rabbit just hops in and just, cause, like, <laughs> hanging out. And you're like, oh, that's better than TV. I'll just look at that for a little bit. <laughs> well, if, with, like, uh, like cats, you can put up scratching posts and stuff like that. And maybe sometimes they'll use it. Maybe they won't. But are, are there... Are there equivalent things for rabbits? No. Just, they just seem to just chew anything. There's no, you can't direct them. I don't know how smart they are. Someone could tell me. But they <laughs> know what my parents don't want them to chew. <laughs> and they chew it all day. Like, they'll just chew the wood on the wall. Instead, my, my dad's like, here's a log. Like, I'm putting it here. There's so much wood for you. And the rabbit's like, yeah, I'm good. I like, I like, okay. the, I like the paint. So <laughs> when you stay at the house, I mean, Elliot, it, do you bunk with Elliot? Or has your room just, it is null and void to you. It's no longer I'm, yours. I'm in a different room. Wow, how insulting. I know. Are you in Elliot's old room? (laughs) 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 Elliot upgraded. (laughs) With rabbit posters all over the wall? (laughs) Bugs Bunny and rabbit posters. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Elliot has definitely replaced me, but... I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. Are your parents listening right now? Probably. Hi. And Elliot's listening, too. (laughs) I'll tell you what. You don't chew wood. No. There you go. Yeah, we had rabbits and we had to hide the wires because every now and then uh, one of the rabbits would go after one of the wires and that uh, could lead to a problem. Uh, how do you hide the wires? You put underneath the rugs, like behind uh, fixtures, like in any way any way you can to get them off the floor because rabbits will chew anything and that, and especially the stuff they're not supposed to chew. Put exactly. whatever you want, which you don't want chewed next to an open Hassenpfeffer recipe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Wow. Has Elliot made it into your act yet? or No, but now okay. I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's a good story. There's good stuff. Really, the comedians, where they would love, they say, if you brought a rabbit out on stage, I was like, <laughs> that's what, that's, here's your act. It's like a prop comic, right? Wow. Yeah. Here's my dog. Well, Muhammad is at uh, at Helium tonight at 8 o'clock, one night only. So join uh, join his, his friends and his Muslim community, family, that will <laughs> yep. be there tonight. Help him even out the audience. Yeah, he, please. Little, yes. Uh, yeah. Tickets available at... Uh, HeliumComedy.com. It's really great to meet you, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having me in. Visit again sometime. This is okay. a dream. I appreciate it. Excellent. Listen uh, to you guys growing up. Oh, appreciate cool. it, man. Yeah. Ahmed Weinberg, guys. Yay! We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Weezer. Fozzie. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Uh, we are getting ourselves set for a very cool event, an annual event that happens here in Philadelphia. Starts on February 8th at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. It is return of the Philadelphia International Auto Show. That's correct, and we would like to welcome our friend and director of the show, Mr. Mike Gemp, who is here. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you having me back again. Of course, man. This is this is one of those events that you can count on being awesome every single year. And I'm sure this year is, is no different than years past. You're going to have some cool and exciting things for everybody. Well, you know, it's kind of, I, I can't relate it completely to what you all do, but it's, it's so great being able to plan something all year long and then entertain the people of Philadelphia who have given so generously over the years uh, to our black tie event and everything else we do. It's Big charity great. event. It really is. It's great to set it up. It's great to have the show and see everybody come out and have a great time. So I, I think, um, listen, I, I you know, if you're in the market to buy a new car, the auto show is a great place for that because it's basically every single maker is there. And you don't have to go far to, to, you know, take a look at things. And then if you find out you like a car, you can then go to a dealership and take it for a test drive. Exactly. You um, know, it's, it's funny. I was I was on my way down here, and I'm listening to your previous guest, and I'm you know laughing like crazy in the car as I'm sitting on this Google going nowhere, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself. <laughs> You know, it's great to be in a car that actually has all the technology and everything I want, all the bells and whistles that I can entertain myself while yeah. sitting in traffic watching my estimated time arrival to your place tick up constantly. So it, so <laughs> technology yeah, yeah, is, is what I wanted to bring up. Nick and I are driving the same car. We, we, we both drive a 2020 Super Outback. Nick just got his last week. And the the drivers, it's, it's like sitting in a cockpit. And the technology that exists in cars today is, you know... Heads and tails above what it was three years ago, even, and so, um, so I, I'm sure that's going to be like, uh, you know, what people are going to be really interested in, you know, coming up in, in this show coming up uh, February eighth, right? Absolutely, it's February eighth through the seventeenth. We're actually opening an extra day this year. We're open ten days because we're staying open President's Day on the seventeenth. So, okay. a little different than most years, but it, absolutely, it's a great place to come. Uh, as technology advances and the cost drops, it's actually available in more and more cars at a lower cost point. And you can have the bells and whistles that you want and not have to spend a fortune for it. Like, as things grow out, they always cost less. Technology advances. And it's right. a great place, as you said, to come down and, and see, shop, compare, not have the pressure to buy. And then at your leisure, go online, finish up the rest of your, your research, and then go to a Well, the big key is that you're, you're, you're going to get something that you don't get if you're, if, you know, or you'd, you'd, it'd be an arduous uh, uh, 
thing to do. To get it that way, you're getting side by side these different vehicles. And with the tech and, and, and everything dropping down in cost, it makes a lot of people sort of jerry-rig these things. And I got this plugged into that and so on and so forth. You'd be surprised. So if you have a vehicle that you're happy with, you know, it doesn't matter. You go and check out and see what you might be looking at in a couple of years and get an idea because that can influence a decision a couple of years from now. And then just in general, they're just some cool ass. I love the concept cars that, you know, you always hope will make it to to sale. But you'll see some amazing concept cars that are so futuristic. Uh, Preston and I are always like, Oh God! I hope please make, make that. Hope that makes that to production. <laughs> that production Let that go to production. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like one of the things Casey was mentioning tech. So it was probably I don't know six, seven years or ago. Steve and I got to drive a couple of really exotic vehicles in conjunction with this, and one of them was a uh, Rolls Royce Spectre. Yeah. And on that, we could not believe what we were seeing. There was a uh, a video screen. In the car, and on the video screen, you could see an aerial shot of your vehicle. Mm. How do they do that? It's on my infinity now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, and that was so. You see these these things that eventually are are exotic and crazy and outra- You know, wild to think. Wow, they're going to be, and you have to spend hundreds of thousand dollars to get that on a car. And like six or seven years later, it's on your standard car that you get. But you also can decide. There's some. T- not everyone likes certain kinds of tech or they want tech packaged in a different way some people don't like the huge ipad type thing in the in the you know the middle of the, the console and there's variations for everything there's so much happening that if you really want a well-rounded sampling education of what's available in the automotive world honestly and the show is kick-ass i, I love it every year because it's just it's how, how many how many square feet is the uh, the showroom? It's just or the the the, the convention area. Well, it, we, yeah, we take up the whole convention center. We're, yeah. uh, we're ho- all the upper halls, the grand hall, lower level, were seven hundred fifty thousand square feet total. Yeah, and, I mean just the just the lower hall where the home show is is our dub hall. That's all the aftermarket tricked out cars. We can see how to accessorize because after you buy the car, all the things you can do with it. That's one hundred twenty five thousand square feet, in and itself. that's amazing. Yeah, oh, it really is. Mike, there's a section on the website uh, for exotics exclusively, and uh, there's a car on here that I'd never heard of before. I saw it on the Schuylkill maybe two or three weeks ago. It's called a Karma, um, and is that an electric car? It is. It used to be the Fisker. And the, then oh, the Fisker, Fisker became the, the car. Yes. Okay. Fisker Karma. Now the, the company name is Karma. Okay, and is that an American-made car? Uh, it, 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 you know what? I'm not positive about that. I, th- um, I think it. I think it is it's the Karma Rivero, and I know right. that that's going to be in there with the Lamborghini Bentley Austin Martin Rolls display. Yeah. Nick, that's a that's a sleek looking car, and it, it it did what what Tesla did, which was they decided, you know, okay, if you want to be you know energy conscious and you want to be environmental, whatever you want to do, you still want to drive something that looks pretty badass yes. and moves like a badass and moves like a badass, and so that the, the, I'm I'm personally fascinated. I can't. I want to see. I don't know if it's part of this convention. I haven't looked at all the uh, the vehicles, but the e-tron that mm-hmm. uh, Tony Stark drives in Endgame, the, uh, the you know that 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 sedan version of the uh, the electric Audi vehicle looks incredible. Will you ha- do you know if that's on the uh, the the Al- agenda? Yeah, Audi should have the e-tron there, and then it, it you know to your point, we have the Porsche Taycan as well, which is electrification gone sexy as well. I mean, you, it it used to be that when you drove an electric car, you just thought it had to look a certain way, right? It had to be a certain you know didn't have sexy lines and yeah. all that. It's not true anymore. I mean, it has gone in a completely different direction. Electrification is here. Uh, it's coming. We actually have a Pico booth uh, there that's going to be uh, just answering basic questions about people that have the, that they have about electrification. Yeah. You know, how do I charge it? How does it plug in? How much range do I get? How do I where are the charging stations? 
All of that available because we know it's coming, and we want our consumers to be educated and ready for it. Now, on the other end of uh, of uh, you know, away from the uh, the electric engines, how about uh, the new Vet with the new mid engine? You guys going to have that? We are the mid engine Corvette's going to be there, and I'm telling you, I saw that car for the first time in person in L.A., and I literally pulled the the Chevy rep over and I said, "How did you do this?" I don't understand it because where they put it. I've seen cars. Look, yeah. we're going to have some amazing supercars, like you said. We're actually going to have a display that that shows some of the the world uh, land speed record setters over yeah. the past twenty years. And uh, and I looked at the Corvette and I looked at the price point and I said, "How do you get this kind of power and this kind of look and this kind of sex- and put it at a price point that starts somewhere around seventy thousand? What's the horsepower? The, the estimated horsepower on it? Uh, the estimated horsepower on the Corvette it starts at a price of like sixty. And you're looking at uh, seven or four hundred and seventy pounds of torque. You're looking at a V8 L2 engine with a uh, small block in there, and uh, the horsepower is near five hundred. So, yeah. nice. Right. You awesome. lost a lot of us on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some of us. I've, I'm sad to say I've never been to the auto show. Um, my son's first word was car, uh, <laughs> and he now at eight years old, he is now asking me uh, at least once a day, "When can you buy me a Lambo?" <laughs> Oh, wow. I was like, what? Yeah, so I think that, uh, that's what I was going to ask you. It's okay for kids, like the regular event, I can bring him out? Oh, absolutely, sure. During the show, the the kids are more than welcome. We have our black tie event, which is definitely more of an adult day. Uh, We always get questions from adults. When can I come when there's not as many kids? Weekdays, please come on the weekdays, you know. But it's a family-friendly event, and it's there to entertain as well as it is to inform. And celebrity cars. You have celebrity cars, right? We have movie cars, which is a a great thing that we've been doing over the last couple years. We have the actual uh, unit, the GT unit used from... Um, the Ford versus Ferrari movie, which is outstanding this year. We didn't think we could get a hold of it, but wow. we did. And it's the actual screen used one with the, it has like a pod in the back where the stunt person sat with the camera while Christian Bale drove. And, and the panels on that car literally got changed out for all the different scenes. So That's everything so cool. you're watching in that movie was used in that car. We're looking at some of the other movie cars you have. You've got uh, the Shaggin' Wagon. Oh, yeah. Dumb and Dumber. I love it. Uh, the El Camino from the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. Uh, Wayne's World's Pacer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Toy Story Pizza Planet truck. That's so pretty solid. So the kids will love that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask about the black tie tailgate uh, because every year the commercials start running and it's the the teddy bear. And I know immediately what it is. How did that become the the, the spokesperson, the logo, if you will, for <laughs> black tie tailgate? Well, as, as great as it is to sit here and be the spokesperson for the all show, we have an amazing team of people back in our office. And Eric, our creative director, uh, came up with Clutch. We named him Clutch. That's I did not know name. that. Okay. If you look on his bow tie, you'll see it. It's, it's written there. And uh, so he's on all the commercials now. He's, like, become a little celebrity around here. He goes down to Children's Hospital all the time when we do our events down there because, obviously, we have a tremendous tie with Children's Hospital. Right. So the whole thing is based on that. Yeah. All yeah. the all the proceeds from that event that evening go directly to Children's Hospital. In fact, we've raised $8.7 million for CHOP since 1986. Wow. wow. And, uh, now, when is the party? What night is that? That is Friday, February 7th, so it's coming up quickly, but there are still hotel rooms available at the Marriott, which is a great way to stay if you come down for it, uh, but, you know, you still have time to plan for that. Okay. And, and then you get dialed up for that a little bit, obviously. You're saying yeah, it's a black, black tie event, yeah, yeah. And, but it's everyone who's gone just raves about it. It, it really is. And you get access it, it, to the floor, obviously. You get to see everything kind of before everyone else. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a massive moving party. The logistics behind just planning for that are insane. So we have open bar, food stations everywhere. You get a look at some of the cars that may otherwise be roped off during the regular show. It's definitely a VIP feel. And at the end, Termini Brothers is, is putting out desserts down in the Grand Hall with Jelly Roll playing. 
Uh, it's a party atmosphere. It really is. People have a great time. Nice. All right, so uh, Black Tie Tailgate, February 7th, and then the show opens on the 8th. If you want tickets to either of those, you can go to phillyautoshow.com, and there's different levels of tickets you can buy, or how does that work? Well, for the auto show itself, you got the general admission one that's an adult on the week weekends. Then we have some discounts that are available during the weekdays okay. only. So that, all of that is outlined on the on the uh, website for you. Nice. Everything to see and touch and sometimes drive, right, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we have cars you can actually drive with the car or from the car show from uh, Toyota and Volkswagen. They have outdoor ride and drives this year. So Excellent. Very nice. Mike, good luck with everything. Phillyautoshow.com to get the tickets and uh, make sure that you, you head out because it's a very cool event. Thanks for coming by, man. Thanks again so much for having me, guys. We brought Thank out you. the GIMP. Mike yes, GIMP yes, is here. <laughs> This morning, stick around, Mike. Gimp. <laughs> we got. It. I'm sorry. Let's play that one more time, Case, if you would. Bring out the gimp. There he is. <laughs> uh, we got a couple other things that we need to do. Oh, yeah, ah! we, we have a call that we need to go to, and I believe it is David. Hey, David, are you there? Hello, David. <laughs> tell everybody why you're calling. To win tickets. No. <laughs> is he serious? It was not to win tickets. It was to win what? Uh, auto show tickets. Oh, my no. God. Uh, you're, you're, I, oh, you're I'm on the wrong phone line. Hey, David. You're right. Yeah, he was right. We're wrong. I'm wrong. Hang on. Hang on. Wait. I don't. I wasn't giving you tickets away. I'm not giving tickets away. I never said we were giving tickets away. <laughs> uh, hey, we... I tried. The black tie then? I'll go to that. <laughs> oh. You I will. didn't say we were giving tickets He's away. He's just trying. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Preston? Can we give him something? Hang on a second. I'm not giving him anything. <laughs> no, he just no. called blindly because yeah. he thought he was winning something without even... Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, you're you're going to be known as David from now on. Yeah. <laughs> what is your real name, though? Greg. All right. All right. Brett? Brett. All right. He Brett. wanted to know if we were giving away E-Tron. It's Brank. Yeah. It's Greg. It's Brank. It's Brank. It's Rob. Oh, man. Is this David? Yeah. Oh, David, can can you tell everybody why you're calling? I'm calling because I won $1,000. That's the call I was looking for. I'm sorry that uh, Frank stole your thunder. Yeah, man, David, you've been gypped. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were going to have this whole big thing and whoop it up, and now it's been sullied. But to make up for it, we're giving you $1,000. That yeah. sounds pretty good. That's great. Thank can you, you do me a favor? Can you buy Brank some tickets to the <laughs> Black Tie Affair? <laughs> At the uh, auto show. Where are you from, David? I'm from Dresher, Pennsylvania. Dresher, Pennsylvania. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks for listening to MMR. Have you ever won anything from this radio station before? Um, just movie tickets. This just is a lot better. Movie tickets? Yeah. All right, $1,000 Trump sack. Congratulations, David. We'll get your information. We'll set you up. Thanks for listening, buddy. Okay? Thank you. Take care. All right. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, but, but then like, again, why this guy's not following your lead. I, I know. I'm trying to lead him. In. He knew he won a thousand dollars, and but you never offered tickets to the I, I event. Never did. No, and, I didn't. And, and Brank misunderstood you. Brank didn't understand. <laughs> it's okay, Brank. We're all on your side. Uh, so congratulations to Dave. Yes, because he got a thousand dollars, and there are a few other chances to win today. Okay. Next one coming up at eleven a.m. with Mister Robert. Then at one, and at four, and at six, we announce the keyword. And there's three ways to enter, and it's uh, easy to do. And you see how David did. Sorry, Brank, but David won. <laughs> and uh, we'll have your chance to Dave! win with Pierre. So there you Annabelle. go. 
<laughs> Where did she come from? I don't know. It's okay. Bill's birthday. We, you know, we should be should have been playing that throughout the day, acknowledging. I'm sorry. I'm a little off. I've been eating vegetarian the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, so no. you're starving. And I'm not uh I'm I'm not used to doing that. My my wife is doing a a kind of a um, a cleanse, not a cleanse, but she's doing a, a program. Right. And the first part of it starts off with, uh, with, you know, no, no meat, right. uh, no sugar, right. uh, no dairy. Nothing to cast a shadow. So exactly. So no, I'm like, <laughs> those I'm are like, my four major food groups right there. <laughs> well, you know, I, me too. Uh, but I was like, okay, uh, to be supportive, I'm like, I'll do it with you, or sure. at least I'll do the dinner part with you because it's the only meal I'm home for. Right. Uh, the rest of the day, I eat, you know, breakfast and roast lunch. Beef. And <laughs> I eat nothing. You just had a roast beef smoothie. <laughs> but I have been um, because of that. I for lunch, I always have a salad uh, with no meat in it. Or not always no meat, but lately I have been having no meat in. It. So I've realized the last few. Days I haven't eaten any meat. Well, you, and, are you getting eating, a protein? Uh, I am getting protein. Uh, I'm eating uh, dairy is okay uh, for me, but uh, for her for dinner we're not having any. Okay, and, uh, eggs aren't considered meat, right? Um, I, I mean, mean baby to a vegan, yes. To a vegetarian, probably not. Okay. Well, anyhow, yeah. But I haven't been eating any, you know, turkey, chicken, uh, roast beef, yeah, uh, <laughs> steak, anything like that, right? Tacos, Bologna, none of it, bologna. nothing. The baloney, uh, and to be honest, but frankly, you it's easier liverwurst veg- vegetables, right? Liverwurst. <laughs> I haven't had. You feel better? Do you feel like you feel good? It's only two days, so no. Oh, okay. uh, but I mean, but here's <laughs> the deal. Inspire us. No, but surprisingly, I haven't gone. God, I'm you know. Right. I can't. I, I feel uh, hollow because I haven't eaten any meat or anything like that. And I'm, I'm not doing this to fully change my lifestyle, <laughs> but it is pretty interesting that for dinner, just eating vegetable dishes that I'm perfectly content and it's absolutely uh, I've, not, I've not felt hungry or anything along what those is lines. do you know what the program is, is it like the whole 30 or I mean, I've, you I've don't forgotten know. I'll text her why did I do this yeah. Yeah. ask well, her uh, but, my son became vegetarian over uh, New Year's uh, that was his um, New Year's resolution was he's a vegetarian now so now we have to prepare two different dinners which is fun oh that's fun oh yeah. yes and the thing that I've noticed as well preparing a vegetarian dinner is much more complex uh, and messy than mm. just doing a regular, you know, uh, uh, roasted chicken or something like that. It, it makes a total mess of all the prep you have to do. So it's a little bit more work. Here's the I recipe. Think. Shoot chicken, throw in fire. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty easy. But the reason I bring this up is because I saw this, um, uh, a group called, uh, they're, they're an Irish vegetarian frozen food brand named Strong Roots. And they have teamed up with an Oxford researcher to develop a meat patch. Similar to a nicotine Ew. patch for smokers. Is it in fact like a hamburger patty you wear on your shoulder? You just you take a uh, you take just a steakum and you wrap it on the back of your neck. <laughs> As it just starts to sweat, the meat courses through your system. No, it says the idea is similar to a nicotine patch for smokers, but Strong Root says that the meat patch releases the odor of bacon. Right. Oh. After being scratched, it's best when you use them with the chicken nugget suppositories. By the way. By the wearer. And how is this supposed to fight cravings? This is going to make cravings. It's going to entice you. The right? smell of bacon does absolutely the... Con- it, it will create an urge for for uh, meat, pork. Well, well, they say the idea is that you'll smell the scent and imagine yourself eating the bacon. No, no you won't. And getting your meat fixed that way. So uh, when you have a nicotine patch on, does the nicotine patch smell like nicotine and no, cigarettes? No, it just seeps nicotine into your body. So this should probably seep meat juice into your <laughs> system. 
Yeah, so yeah, with the with the patch, it just uh, transdermally, you, right? You absorb the nicotine, and and I guess it's supposed to. Which I really have never thought that those patches would be worth a damn. Did you ever I try think the patch I, routine? I, I haven't. The but gum I know- seems to me to be more logical because it's 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 sating the oral yes. fixation, and you are getting your little nicotine bump. Yeah, and things that you do transdermally usually take a long time before well, you feel yeah. the sensation. I would think, uh, unless you're shotgunning <clears throat> it. Well, that's all right. So press. That's the thing. And maybe it does take a little bit longer for it to. Uh, pass into your body, but you're keeping it on there, so it's kind of like a constant drip. It's like being on a morphine drip or, you know, a nicotine drip. So, you know, once you put the patch on, then it continues to work, and then you keep it on for, you know, X amount of days or whatever, and then you put another patch on. So uh, it does work. Um, You know, people have their preferences. Some people like the the patch. Some people prefer the lozenges over the gum. Yeah. Or just chew cigarettes, or just chew yeah. cigarettes. Um, you can try that. Uh, the, uh, these are these are good. These are good vegetarian meals. You're not just sitting there eating steamed, you know. Yeah, no, they're they're from recipes that there are good. Because honestly, when I said this for the longest time, that the uh, the whole concept is something I always loved, but vegetarian meals tasted like crap. And mm-hmm. now we're in a time where they're phenomenal, yeah. and uh, you know they're they're an absolutely valid option. So with your vegetarian. Uh, meals, Preston, could you have a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger because they are plant-based? N- no. The, well, I mean, that I don't know. So she's following this. It, it okay. gives you recipes to follow. All right. Uh, and that's not part of it. And uh, bread is not uh, part of it either. So, okay. Yeah, we're staying away from that, the carbs and so forth. So uh, of the vegetables, like we're not going to eat uh, potatoes, which are very starchy, but we can't eat sweet potatoes. Can you eat sweet potato fries? <laughs> I would think so. If they're not deep fried, so. maybe we yeah. can. Yeah, because, fried. because we're going to bake them. Uh, we're going to bake some, uh, make like uh, chips. Of, yeah. Uh, Those, there you go. That's sweet the potatoes. only way I like sweet potatoes. Chips? It, no, just baked in the oven. Like if, it, if it's a whole, you know, like cut into slices. If it's a whole, um, like almost like a either. Like ma- a baked potato Like or a baked something. potato or, or mashed sweet potato for some it. reason. Yeah. I hate right? it. You and too? yet I love sweet potato fries. But I mean, like I, they don't even need to be like the deep fried sweet no, potato fries. No, no, like, just, just get it crispy. When I make them at home, like that's how I have to make them. That's I don't interesting because like my daughter's kind of the same way. She loves French fries but hates mashed potatoes. Yeah. I, By see, the way, I, I've never met a human being who hates mashed potatoes. I, I don't I like don't mashed know what potatoes. That's all about she could possibly not be my child. I don't like mashed potatoes. She's Kathy's really? child. To me, I don't hate them, but to me, it's not worth it. Like they don't taste. And you don't like chocolate milk good. either, do you? No. Two hate, of the greatest things that man has ever invented. Yeah. Jace cannot understand. How I could not like chocolate milk? Yeah, like he, he's like I don't, I don't understand. Get that? Yeah, but hot chocolate? Hot, no, really? really? Worse than chocolate milk? What? Honestly, man, you need to be pitched off a roof. Ew! Like not only are you putting milk in there, but now it's warm milk. Kath, I had this chocolate, uh, hot chocolate in Paris. That You're a was delight. Amazing. I hate you too. So back off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Case. That's no, right. But it, um, listen, chocolate milk. I don't care. You know, it, it's always prepared the same way. It's you know, Not chocolate. Always. It is though. Chocolate, whatever that stuff is, the powder into most of the time water, sometimes milk. But this stuff that I had in Paris, it was delicious. <laughs> yes, it, it, I'm delectable. Yeah, it, uh, and I disagree that all chocolate milk is the same. Some is really, really good. I am a fan. Of Ovaltine. <laughs> really? I love Ovaltine. I don't think I ever really had Chocolate Ovaltine. Chocolate Ovaltine. I was a, I was a, uh, a Quix uh, kid. With the that rabbit. Was the powder. Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. Did you ever get the uh, the mug? It was the rabbit head. 
But the ears would I don't be think the. So. Oh. Did you ever have rabbit head? <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever try chocolate rabbit head? No, <laughs> no. So good. it's very quick. Now that I'd have. Uh, uh, no, it was maybe the, that's where it comes from. The quick's rabbit. It was his head in a cup and On his steak and his ears were <laughs> the, the, the handles. Oh, the handles. No, yeah, thank God they went with the ears. Another thing I was a big fan of, Kathy would probably find this really disgusting, oh, no. was strawberry milk. Oh, I yeah. loved that as Not a, a massive yeah, fan no. of, of artificial strawberry flavors. Yeah. Uh, I love regular strawberries. I'm okay with strawberry milk, but chocolate milk for me is home run. It's you know, and beat. that's why they call it like you who a chocolate drink. Right. Because uh, it's not really, I don't know what they put into it, in, but it's... It's disgusting. Yoo-hoo? Yoo-hoo. I can't stand it. Yoo-hoo is very watery. If you're going to have a chocolate drink, have chocolate milk or a hot chocolate. You you have to come to appreciate it. It's an acquired taste, like beer. Mm. You have to eventually... Drink it in the shower. You have acquired a bunch of other tastes. I'm good Casey, with. here's a uh, vintage Nestle Quick Bunny Rabbit mug drinking cup. Yeah, that's is that the it? one. That's the one, man. No, I never, I need, I've never seen that before. I it's only 10 bucks. It. I need to buy that. Okay. We have all these jars, the, all these uh, glasses that I was thinking about breaking out and putting back into circulation. I'll have to show you guys. My wife. Excuse is, me. I'll, 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 I'll see if my uh, wife will allow me to do it. I doubt it because she's hanging on to these. But they are classic um, glasses, collectible glasses, like strawberry shortcake. E.T. They were like ones you had collected, like Burger King. Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. those might be worth something. That you know what? They're probably worth like six or seven bucks each. Uh, I haven't really looked it up yet, and, and uh, they're not like a, a windfall of of collectible. Well, I don't know. That's not true. I haven't really researched it. I do need to look at that. But I thought about actually, why don't we use these rather than just right. have them sitting in a box somewhere? But I'll have to show you guys pictures of them because uh, they're pretty cool, but that it would be along the lines of your uh, your rabbit mug. Marissa, did you have something? Yeah, uh, I have a whole entire storage unit full of that kind of stuff. Do you really? And I have no idea just what to do with. It's like, I literally have an Apple 2GS computer. Okay. Does anybody want to buy it? Wait a minute. So how to like go back? So like you can look up on eBay that there's stuff for sale, but like is anyone actually buying that stuff? That's a good question. I is this my... is this a hang on? Is this a place you rent or is it uh, part of your apartment agreement? No, I like. Well, my parents moved and they kind of. Uh, I like just packed up everything. Yeah, my parents moved a few years ago. Not a few years ago, like a year ago. Oh. And right, so, so they like. I just have all of my Barbies, all of my glassware when I was a kid, like every McDonald's toy. Mm. Do you still have that Peter North mayonnaise dispenser? God. How do you sully everyone's childhood? And it always goes to sex with me. It's always sex. It's not just you. you. It does it with everybody. I mean, something as innocent from your childhood as a Peter North mayonnaise dispenser, I think, would be. Marissa, I have uh, have an app for you that was introduced to me recently. It's called Let Go. I told Preston about it, too. And it's basically a selling site. You can buy, sell, trade, or whatever. Um, But if you're just looking to get rid of stuff and maybe make a a few dollars on it, it's a great way to get, and people will buy old electronics like a Mac 2 computer. <sighs> okay. So, so um, try it. But but it's it's you have to meet with people, right? You Which gotta... I know I understand why you're against, but if you're just looking to get rid of crap and yeah. stuff that, that's taking up space that's in a storage closet uh, or in a storage container somewhere, it's a good way to just make a few dollars and mostly get rid of the things you don't want. No, Preston, the, the app actually recommends empty fields where you meet these people. And... Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. How do you agree upon where you're going to meet well, and all that stuff? Starbucks, McDonald's, whatever. Yeah. And police then, station? Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. Police station is totally fine. And you can Smart. do it with Venmo. You can do it with cash. So it, I, I, I've used it a few times and found uh, to, it to be effective. Okay, I thanks. sold my uh, Atari for like 100 bucks. And I met the guy at a church parking lot. Yep. You know, it was simple as that. Through you have, you have beautiful eyes. Mm, no. <laughs> 
Thank you. Would Is you like the a Atari? <laughs> they look like they have sparkles in them. Your eyes. Um, I can't remember where it started. If it, I don't, it, can I take some pictures of your feet and socks? <laughs> it might have been like a Facebook uh, marketplace or whatever. Okay, so the, the, well, and these these are becoming more and more popular. These sites are getting rid of this. I I, I think I'm like you, Preston. I'd rather I I'd goodwill it. You yeah, know? I do a lot of that. I mean, yeah. Laurel House has a uh, a marketplace. Yeah. that they, they so resell stuff. So. You can do some good with it. Let me go. Hang on. Uh, I have Stefan. Stefan. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up, bud? I would love to give Marissa twenty dollars for her Apple Two GS. Marissa, there you go, Marissa. Were you interested? You want to get his information? Hang on a second. What if she throws in a Peter North mayonnaise dispenser? So it's on like eBay for a little bit more, and this is where I start to think like, all right, do I just take 20 bucks and say thanks, Stefan? Take the $20. You're not going to post it on eBay. Get rid of it. How much more? How much more? On eBay right now, how much is it? I think it's for like 500 Yeah. Oh, well, No, that's a substantial loss if you give it away for 20 but no, he said no way. No, no. But it's not being sold on eBay. Like, it's just it's sitting just there listed. on eBay. Yeah, listed they're waiting for somebody. Oh, some they've sucker. Got, they've got time and, and room for it, and they just kind of wait and see if somebody will take it. But uh, should I have Stefan hang on? Or yeah, have him hang on. Send me an email, Stefan. We'll talk. Stefan, send her an email. Uh, uh, thank right. you. Thanks, man. See we'll if see she's into tickling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking it up on the uh, one of the sites here. It has it for like 139 bucks. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I mean, listen. You can probably find somebody who's willing to pay a few dollars more. But what's more important to you, getting a few dollars for it or getting rid of it? <laughs> what? How about this? If you have a chance to go by Antiques Roadshow, it might pay off for you. There was a, a veteran yeah. uh, recently. This and you can find the video online of this guy. Uh, he went to Antiques Roadshow. Said that he had a Rolex that he bought for less than four hundred dollars in the nineteen seventies. Never wore it, oh, and he found this. out there it is actually worth. Over seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Uh, he hit the ground in shock, like he was—he could not believe it. He, he looks like angry Pierre. He had long, long hair with a bandana. You know that, that, really? that. Yeah, but but he he was just—he just collapsed. He He's, couldn't believe it. The man bought the timepiece. Uh, brought the timepiece to uh, the episode being filmed in West Fargo, North Dakota, to get it valued by the team. Uh, it's similar to the one that we were talking about not too long ago that Paul Newman wore yeah. in the in the film Winning making it a particular favorite among collectors. So, you know, maybe, yeah, I should look into these glasses and see if they're worth something or not. You know what's going to happen, though, with you? Is It's something that you spent $700,000 for right. and realized and it's, not, it's worth yeah. 50 bucks. I did have a friend who um, bought a Rolex. It was a used Rolex. Uh, it was, uh, the man passed away, and his son was like, I don't want this. I don't know what it is. Like, right. you know, just tell me what, you, what you'll pay for it. And I forget, he gave him like a couple hundred dollars for it, but it ended up being some sort of like limited edition or whatever, and it's worth like thousands and thousands of dollars. I'll and- give you some money for it if you take his wrist out of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. I was. Uh, there was an old, old camera, an old uh, Polaroid camera that my wife has hung on to forever. And I'm doing some cleaning out of the house, and I'm assessing what we can keep and what we can get rid of. And I was like, well, this is probably never going to be worth anything. We should probably get rid of it. And I opened it up to take a look at it again, and it's so cool. It's so. I, I need to go look up the value on this because I'm like, okay, this might actually be. Worth What's the something. condition? It's really good really condition. Really good condition? Really good condition, So yeah. Nick Murphy has been purchasing these these Polaroid uh, cameras. We take the pictures of celebrities when they come in on, on Polaroids, and, and they're, uh, it, it's now sort of a very chic tech. Yeah. You know, it's kind of made its way back around. This is an old one, Steve, where you would, you'd you pull the sheet out, yep. you know, and then you'd have to rip the, yeah. the photo off yep, of yep, it. Yep. It's one of those. Did you get those disposable cameras back? No, not yet. Okay. I took uh, I took. Uh, a FBI dozen, is still working on it. <laughs> I took a dozen disposable cameras to CVS to have them uh, 
uh, uh, developed. And I, you know what? You're right. I haven't heard back yet. It's been a couple weeks. I'm really curious as to what's on there. I have no idea. Okay. He has all these box cameras that you, you put in. Don't know what's on any of the cameras. Yeah. It's very exciting. Do you assume they're mostly travel pictures? I uh, they're probably kids' parties. Some of them were, uh, were swinger parties, waterproof cameras. So I'd imagine, yeah, maybe we were at uh, you know Great Wolf Lodge, oh. or we were at a, uh, we were somewhere in Florida, or I don't know. So and you said some of them were probably only half. Oh yeah, use. some yeah. of them only had like you know eight exposures taken them. I'm like, I couldn't bring myself to throw them away. <laughs> right. And then some of the mechanisms wouldn't work to continue taking pictures, so I just went and I'm having them developed. What so. an arcane tech. It was all we had, you know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, still, um, now you, how many pictures do you have in, on your phone and your computer? Oh Thousands yeah, it's that crazy. you never look at. Yeah, several thousand that I never look at. And I've got bins, bins full of photos at home. That will never do anything. Norm McDonald does a great bit about cameras and about you know taking old time pictures where you have to post, stand yeah. still for like seven minutes. Yeah, and that uh, kid sees a hey, you want to see a thousand pictures of my granddad? Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, listen, I we got to take a break, but I want to give away this. I have a free registration for you and a guest to join us for Cupid's Undie Run. Saturday, February 8th at noon at the World Cafe Live. It is a 21 and over brief run and big party for a good cause hosted by Nick McElwain. And I'll take call number eight and I will give that to you. And is it required that you wear just underwear, Nick? Or it's not it... required, but it's uh, suggested. And yeah. uh, it's a great party. And yeah, the run is really just a loose affiliation as to what's going on for the day. It's mostly just people hanging out, having a good time. All right, 215-263-WMMR. You can join Team WMMR. Use the promo code WMMR20 to save 20% off registration at cupids.org. Proceeds benefit research to find a cure for NF, a genetic disorder that affects 1 in 3,000 births. So let's get you on board. Call number 8. We'll take care of it. Be back in just a second. We'll get some more B-File stories. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So we got another run of some stories in the bizarre file. So why don't we get to it? Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. Brought to you this morning by Hers. The big cheese is smaller than you think. Try oh, yeah. Hers new mini cheese puffs. Yeah. Uh, they taste anything but tiny. Hers forever good. Uh, the Florida man arrested for using a front-end loader to dump a bucket of dirt on his girlfriend's car has escaped with a judicial slap on the wrist. Huh. Hunter Mills, who was scheduled for a trial for felony criminal mischief, recently struck a plea deal that resulted in a deferred prosecution agreement. Miller was arrested after he had covered a 2010 Cadillac driven by his girlfriend in dirt. Uh, the woman who had, uh, apparently the woman had driven to meat mills on a road adjacent to the headquarters of an excavation firm that sells topsoil and landscaping materials. When Mills' girlfriend refused to answer a question, Mills, who had arrived at the meeting site in a front-end loader, dumped the dirt on the driver's side half of the vehicle, causing scratches to the top, the hood, and trunk, and the window was down during the incident. And it caused dirt to fill up a portion of the car, including the air vents, center console, and power windows. Uh, The car's owner estimated that his ride suffered about $8,000 in damages. $8,000. Yeah. When questioned by police, Mills admitted covering the car in dirt, but stated that he did this in an attempt to, quote, get the woman to leave him alone. Huh. Yeah, but apparently 
He's going to have to face some charges. Kind of on the edge there, isn't he? Uh, The family of a 38-year-old man, this is terrible, who died after falling into a wood chipper. Oh! At a sawmill is suing the manufacturer uh, of the machine. Uh, The minor children of Joshua Hill allege in the incident, or in the lawsuit filed last week, that Williams Patent Crusher and Pulverizer Company uh, didn't have any built-in safety features for its XR430 hogwood chipper. It's called a hogwood chipper? Yeah. Hill fell into the machine while working uh, for American Walnut Company, which makes lumber products for gun stocks and furniture. They were warned not to put the trampoline next to it. As the operator, Hill was supposed to be stationed in a small shed above the machine where wood pieces were fed into an opening in the machine. The petition says the machine lacked an automatic shutoff, an emergency stop button, or ropes, guards, flaps, or other methods to protect operators of the wood chipper. It also alleges no warning signs or instructions were provided with the machine. But that's that's a nightmarish way to so go. So right when there. you're pulverized like that, there's no there's nothing left. I mean you're Guess so man. Unless you you want to spend the time. Man, nasty. Uh, Kathy, listen up to this. You ever had a Brazilian blowout before? Uh, no, I don't do those. Okay, well, no? a middle-aged hairdresser's skin turned gray, her ears and hands dark purple, and her blood a chocolate brown after she developed a rare condition from performing an unusually high number of Brazilian blowouts. What's a Brazilian blowout? It's used. It's some sort of chemical that's used to keep the hair um, like very straight, like pin straight. They oh. actually, I, I'm pretty sure that they recommend that you don't do it when you're pregnant. Yeah. So like the, the chemicals are pretty strong. There are a lot of things in the world of uh, cosmetology that they recommend women who are pregnant don't get anywhere near dyes and such. Yeah, but I mean, like some hairstylists will still dye yeah. your hair if you're pregnant. Like there's uh, the salon that I go to. If you come in and you're pregnant, you ask for a Brazilian. Like they will not. They do, won't they do won't it. Huh? Do it for you now. I do know that your son, Preston, got a Brazilian blowout for the prom. Yes, this is true. Yes, and it, uh, his hair looked great. He looked fabulous. Yeah. So she he, wasn't pregnant at the time, though. She had apparently been uh, growing increasingly lethargic over the course of two weeks when she suddenly collapsed at uh, home in the U.K. Wow. Rushed to the hospital. A woman complained of shortness of breath, chest pain, and nausea, according to a new case report in the British Medical Journal. Doctors initially thought she had suffered a heart attack. In fact, she had been exposed to... Multiple volatile chemicals when preparing Brazilian blow-dry treatments at the hair salon. The hair straightening method uh, seals preservative solutions into the hair using a flat iron. Now, physicians believe repeated exposure to formaldehyde used in hairdressing caused the woman to develop, and this is a really long word, so let me take a crack at this, methamoglobinamia. Expialidocious. Yeah, something like that. Metha, Metha... Meglobinemia. Anyway, you have methamoglobin. <laughs> I hate. I. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, you have meglobinemia. The rare your blood's brown and potentially deadly condition is is an altered state of hemoglobin, the protein responsible for oxygen flow. Now, the condition impairs oxygen delivery to the bodily tissues. You have. Give me a second. You have Mabuglobin. Open. Your blood's brown. Essentially, your blood is brown. Yes. So, but, <laughs> the the diagnosis that's was, a second opinion was not immediately clear. The London Ambulance Service noted that the patient's skin was. What, what was that you said? He's got method becoming. What was that? What is it? 
the the patient's skin was gray. Uh, on God. E- on examination, the patient appeared uh, cyanotic, which is oxygen deprived, with dark purple ears and hands. As tests continued. Doctors ruled out a heart attack, but still lacked a diagnosis. This person looked like a gay pride flag. Uh, then they saw her blood, and on inserting, they, they had said in the report, on inserting the uh, arterial line, uh, the intensive care register noted pulsating chocolate brown colored blood flashback Whoa. through the needle. Dear God. Uh, the unusual observation raised the possibility of methylblabagobadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadab
that I have for you is uh, where does the soul where does the soul where does the hole underneath the sump pump go to? Ah, uh, how far down does it go? Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's see if you know the hole where the sump pump is. How far down does that go? Two one five two six three WMMR. If you were listening earlier and you know the answer, you should give us a call. We are going to do the trash while you're calling in. So here we go. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it is brought to you by Lee's Hoagie House. Make your big game party the best ever with award-winning hoagies and cheesesteaks from Lee's Hoagie House. Lee's can cater your party no matter the size. Find the location closest to you at leeshoagiehouse.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, they met on the TV show 90 Day Fiancé, and now Tiffany Franco and Ronald Smith have announced they are no longer together. Smith admits that mistakes were made. Every single goddamn one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth divorce has been finalized. The two will be officially be single on February 22nd. In a divorce court first, the judge ordered that both Cyrus and Hemsworth be sprayed for lice. Uh And finally, Caitlyn Jenner admits she made sure she was never caught on camera using the outdoor shower on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Caitlin says, just like every girl knows, the camera can add 10 pounds and a penis. Wow. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All righty. We shall see if uh, somebody was paying attention this morning. How far down does the hole underneath the sump pump go? And I will go to Dave. Actually, Dave this time for the answer. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, it's not that Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave! Dave, how far down does the hole underneath the sump pump go? The gateway to hell. Hang on, Dave. We are going to give you a $50 Lee's Hoagie House gift certificate, and uh, Lee's Hoagie House is now accepting party orders for Sunday. Contact your local Lee's and do that now, and you can get the best hoagies, cheesesteaks, and wraps around for the game. Lee's Hoagie House. Same as it ever was. Visit Lee'sHoagieHouse.com. We're going to get into music news now. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Major League Wrestling. Nothing's working over here, Preston. Major League Wrestling uh, presents Frightland. Fightland. (laughs) Not till October. That's Frightland. That's a great adventure. All right, anyhow. Uh, Fightland, Saturday night, February 1st at the 2300 Arena in South Philly. You can get your tickets today at MLWGo.com. I don't really talk about chart movements much, but every now and then when a um, a record hits, I'll mention something to you. Shinedown has notched both its uh, 15th number one hit on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Songs chart and its 16th chart topper on the Media Base Act of Rock Radio Survey, both uh, for the title track and current single from the band's uh, six studio, L- excuse me, LP attention, attention. Now, both achievements are chart records with Shine Down tying Three Days Grace for the most number ones on both lists. Uh, attention, attention is also the Florida Act's fifth consecutive number one single, including three previous entries from the Attention, Attention album and one from the group's previous effort, 2015's Threat to Survival. And they had the top song here on MMR the yeah, year as well, two years in a row. On a roll. Everyone to shine down's 26 consecutive singles has reached the top five on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Songs Airplay chart, which remains a record in itself. Breaking Benjamin will appear in the video game Adventure Quest 3D and Adventure Quest Worlds. The band members will appear as avatars who will perform a battle concert 
in the game over a two-week period starting February 18th. Whoa, battle concert. Uh, although acts like Corn and Alice in Chains have also made similar appearances in the games, uh, the publishers say the Breaking Benjamins concert will take place in a new dimension and be the game's darkest battle concert yet. Anyway! Mm-hmm. Uh, Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich paid tribute online to fellow drummer Reed Mullen of the Formity, who died on Monday. He was 53 years old. I'm not very familiar with uh, Corrosion Conformity. No. I have heard of them, uh, but apparently they were influential to a lot of uh, musicians. Ulrich wrote on the on Instagram, Reed, thank you for the crazy good times we had together. Uh, thank you for always having the biggest smile on your face, and thank you for the grooves and the pocket that was all your own, making Corrosion and Conformity swing like nothing else. Rest in peace, brother. So what's the style of music of rock? What, what kind of they uh, are, progressive? Or... Well, the band went through a number of personnel changes evolving from a hardcore punk act into a heavy southern-tinged rock band, making them one of the key acts to bridge the gap between punk, metal, and hard rock. Uh, they had two rock radio hits in 1994 with Albatross and Clean My Wounds. Uh, from their LP called Deliverance. Uh, his bandmates confirmed his passing in a social media post on Monday night, writing, Reed, it is with a heavy heart that we say goodbye to a friend, brother, and pioneer. Loving condolences to the family, friends, and fans who will miss you, and thanks for the music. Uh, he had missed a number of shows in the past several years due to a variety of health and alcohol-related issues, including a seizure that he suffered Oof. back in 2016. Yeah. Uh, other artists who paid tribute to Mullen online included members of Stone Sour, Faith No More, Anthrax, Megadeth, Lamb of God, Machine Head, and many other bands. So, uh-huh. uh, sad news. And then finally, this is cool, a several minutes long preview of Peter Jackson's upcoming film uh, called uh, From Outtakes of the Beatles' 1969 Let It Be Film Sessions. Wow. was previewed at the Universal Music Showcase. The industry sampler has key artists and projects offering up a taste of what will be uh, coming in the new year. Now, Variety quoted Jeff Jones, the CEO of Apple Corps, the Beatles' company, as telling the crowd, uh, we have created a brand-new film that will attempt to bust a myth that the Let It Be sessions were the final nail in the Beatles' coffin. According to the report filed by someone who saw the new sampler, it's brighter both visually and spiritually, with many, many shots of the Beatles joking around, making fun of each other, singing in silly accents, and generally indulging in vintage mop-top hijinks. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because yeah. the, the Let It Be movie is... It's very dour. It, it, yeah, you're, and it's, you're watching what you believe to be the band coming apart. Yeah, it also features many scenes of the group rehearsing songs from the Abbey Road album, their true swan song, which would be recorded over the following summer, and even rough versions of songs that would also appear on solo records. On the basis of this clip, Beatle fans, uh, this person said, will lose their minds over this film. So Why don't we dip our bowls in soy sauce? <laughs> wow. They were hey, they were doing it back then. Wow. It was their hijinks. Yeah. It was their, their mop-top hijinks. So. so ahead of their time. Did you see his documentary, Peter Jackson's documentary, about World War One? They Shall Not Grow Old? No. Yeah, excellent. Really? So as a documentarian... I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with this footage. Yeah. There is a preview of the film on WMMR.com. Oh, I have not watched that. i got to check mm. that out. All right, thank you. And that is what I have in music news for you. All right, so we need to get a winner for the secret text word. Kathy Romano, give me a number caller, please. 15. 
Call it 15 if you know the word. You should give us a call right now, 215-263-WMMR. Designate a caller gets to tell us what it is, win the prize. We'll also grab a random texture for that same prize. And um, when we come back, we'll get the letter of the day and all that stuff, see what Pierre's got going on. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Ah, springtime is in the air early. As we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020, Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Disturbed. Royal Blood. I only love when I love you. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Probot. Dirty Honey. Mongolian Metalheads. The Who. And Jackson's Local Shots opener, Foxtrot and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th, BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, I think we were looking for a secret text word winner, and Kathy had called out caller number 15. So she spoke, we listen, and let's go to caller 15. It's Bob. Hey, Bob. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks, Kathy. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Bob. Well, let's see. Bob! Uh, Bob, disappointer. we need to know the secret text word. What is it? Swish. Swish. Yes, that's correct. Bob, hang on a second. We are going to give you, sir, a pair of tickets to see head coach Aaron McKee and the Temple men's basketball team battle ECU. Saturday, 6 p.m., Leah Corse Center, and it is dollar hot dog night as well. Uh, for tickets, you can visit owlsticks.com. We have another pair to give away. That is a random texture that we found, and that is Aaron Watson of Philadelphia. So congratulations, Aaron. Congratulations, Aaron. You get to go to the game as well, so we will take care of you. And don't forget, you can get tickets at owlsticks.com. Uh, before we do the thank yous and all that stuff of uh, guests who have been on the program today, we have to say goodbye to yet another intern getting out of here. And uh, he's an intern for our video department, which is a huge part of the President Steve show as well. Intern Jack is here. <laughs> What's up, guys? How, How you doing? doing, Jack? I'm doing really well. I uh, just, you know, this uh, this day, you know, I've been thinking about it all month, and uh, it, ca- it came way too soon. Yeah. It flew by. I was about to call. I called you off air, Silent Jack, because uh, we don't hear you talk that much. Because yeah, you guys, you guys in the video department are yeah. always busy, you know? I'm, you, I'm, I'm too busy editing all those videos. Yeah. yeah. All, yeah. all the stuff we go on uh, on YouTube. When we walk back into the office, you're there chopping away. You got your headphones on, but you've <laughs> yeah. done some really creative, fun stuff. And uh, yeah, you've done some great work for us. We appreciate it. Which Thank which you. ones? Uh, stand out uh, the Daily Rush videos that you put together? So I think uh, there are actually two videos in a row. Um, one of them was uh, Doodle Peen, which I, I think really, <laughs> really ended up really well. Which, Steve, I think you should definitely try to bring that, bring back that character bring back like, Doodle whenever Peen? you can. Yeah, because yeah, sure, yeah. uh, that one, uh, you know, through this internship, I, I definitely got to learn a little bit more of Photoshop just because I wanted to get a, get a little bit more creative with the videos. And I created Doodle Peen just because, you know, it was kind of like a, a mix of, like, uh, Mickey Mouse and, like, this really goofy-looking face. And, uh, yeah, we got it up there now. There he is. So I was, yeah. I was, I was really proud of that uh, creation. The D and, then, and the P yeah. on his head are awesome. It's uh, yeah, a character yeah. based on Casey's dog's penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that went too well. And then I think either the video before that or the one after that was the King's Speech one. Oh, so, yeah, and yes. I, yeah, and I was actually editing a video today where you guys referenced that again. 
Um, and that, that one was really funny to make um, because, you know, I, ju- yeah. I just found, like, that whole scene from The King's Speech, which, you know, was a movie that I'd never really seen before, but, you know, I, I found a whole lot of it on YouTube, and I found a couple clips that, you know, made it actually look like uh, that Steve, you know, in his British accent was actually saying it yes. as, like, Colin Firth as, like, the king. Yep. So, you know, th- you know those both went really well. Um, so, you know, th- 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 those two were a couple of videos that just really stuck out to me it that is. I really love to edit. It, it, yeah, it's funny. Very when you, well done. When, so when they edit, they wear headphones, so we can't hear what they're editing. So occasionally I'll walk into the office while the, while you're working, and you just, he, like, I hear chuckling, and I'm like, who's yeah. laughing? What are they laughing at? And they yeah. look over, I'm like, okay, they're yeah, yeah, editing you, you, something. You, yeah, you would have no idea. No, I don't you know, know why. I'm just reliving all, all this, you know, your last week's or the week prior show. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I, I love I love it so much. So it's uh, Jack's last day today, and, and he got us a gift. Uh, he he um, you photoshopped another thing for us, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, Connor asked me to uh, Photoshop a, a picture of, of Bill Weston onto the uh, Annabelle body. Oh, yes, you know, his, his Annabelle. So we got it up there now. But I definitely got to give a uh, quick shout out to Nick Murphy, who's, uh, you know, the, the, the video uh, manager here. And so he helped me a lot with that uh, Photoshop thing. And, you know, every every video that I edit, every uh, picture that I Photoshop, he's helped me, you know, time and time again. And with that one specifically, he, he showed me a specific way of doing it. So he's taught me a lot. Um, and I really appreciate everything he's given me. Wow. Uh, do you go to Temple? I do go to Temple, yeah. I'm okay. a junior uh, media studies and production major ma- major there right now with a uh, minor in advertising. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I love it a lot there. I do uh, more so TV stuff, but I do also have a, a sports talk uh, radio show on Fridays on WHIP Radio. Okay. Is that, so, Is that yeah. at Temple? Or? Yeah, yeah, at Temple. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, so, you know, I, I do that. Uh, I'm involved with multiple different uh, Temple TV shows. Uh, I produce. I'm um, an on-air panelist on another show. Where are you hoping so, to see yourself after graduation and moving on? You know, I, I've been trying to do as much as I can, you know, with all the resources that Temple uh, has given me, but uh, I, I'm really not sure because, you know, uh, I, I'd really love to do on-air stuff like this um i definitely got to get more involved with whip and learn more more like the technical side like with the boards and stuff um but you know i i'd really love to just like make content because you know i really love to edit video a lot um i I do produce produce a tv show and it's it's you know it's it's not my favorite thing to do um and that that's what i've learned um but i I still do love to like produce video content in in any in any capacity so you've got time to to hone in on things because end up with you know and and obviously you can change you can get involved with something and down the road say this is not what I was uh, looking for, and then but then you have a couple other skills that you can jump to, but you know you you're 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 uh, enjoying some yeah. of them, and that means everything. You have, yeah. you have, a, you have a, a safety net, so to speak. Exactly, and yeah. you know, as of right now, technically, I have absolutely no idea what I want to do. Yeah, but you I sound mean, like you, know, you got a good head on your yeah. shoulders. So I appreciate that. Where Thank are you, you. from? Uh, I'm from South Jersey, like like uh, Medford, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm from Medford, like Shawnee specifically. Or? Yeah, Shawnee. Yep. Yeah. So you know, I I grew up down there. Was really involved with Shawnee TV. Um, never really got involved with the uh, the the regional school district TV sh- channel, which is more like play by play work. Uh, but a lot of the TV and radio stuff I do is, like, sports-related. So this is, for me, interning here is a little bit branching out more into, like, the music-type industry, which I've enjoyed thoroughly because, you know, I, I don't really know a whole lot about rock music, but yeah. uh, I, I've, you know, appreciated all, all the time I've had here. Cool. Man, you you yeah. talked more in the last five minutes than you did in your entire <laughs> intro. Yep. Yeah, I, I, Crazy, I don't know. Right? I mean, that, that, that'll probably be, like, one of the things I regret that, you know, I, I didn't get to talk to you guys uh, as much as I could. You know, I, I know, you, I know you're, you're all really busy with your own thing, so I kind of let you be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I usually am pretty talkative. Yeah. So. <laughs> but we, we would tune out quickly. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Good luck with everything, man. We appreciate all the Thank help you so for much. giving us around here. Thank you. All right, let's hear it for Jack. Yeah. Thank you. Uh,
And since we're in the clapping mood, I'd like to thank uh, members of the Souderton Area High School for being here this morning. Yeah. Um, it's Teachers in the Workplace Day. They yeah, teach yeah. at my son's high school. <laughs> Two of my son Parker's teachers are in here right now, which oh. is awesome. So, uh, we so is he sitting in an empty class right now? Uh, no, he doesn't go to school. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they had the day off. Oh, way. that's true. So okay. Today's uh, day, uh, service day. Uh, so I, I want to thank uh, Mike and Sally, everybody here. So we have uh, Mike Sciarra. We have Sally Cushmore. We have Anthony Darrow, Sean Hanrahan. Uh, Jim O'Neill and Amy Tarlow, all teachers at Souderton High School, that stopped. Very nice. Also, intern Joe's uh, co-worker Al Davy is here. Oh, nice! Yeah. And uh, he went through a charity event, which is great. So, oh. thank you guys for being in the studio this morning. We now present to you Pierre Robert, ladies and gentlemen. Like it or oh, not. sorry, didn't turn your mic on. Like it or not? Yeah. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm great. Fantastic! Great! It's a it's a lovely day out there. I feel kind of tarpy. Yeah, um, as I look out the window, <laughs> it really uh, there, there's a there's a tarpy sort of vibe. It is. I mean, well, I saw it on uh, Action News on the forecast this morning. Early, early, it said full tarp day. Yeah, uh, oh, they were playing tarp. on walking on tarp shine. <laughs> they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarpy, by the way, is Doodle Peen's pet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Here comes the tarp. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Well, anyway, uh, shall we do the letter of the day? That was a good idea. <laughs> Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... N as in Nirvana. Yeah. We will give away a Cardboard Classic Ski and Stay package at Split Rock Resort, including two nights hotel, March 5th and 6th, plus a pair of passes for both nights for H2O Water Park bowling and the movie theater there at Split Rock. Now, Split Rock is located between Jack Frost and Big Boulder Ski Areas. Just a quick drive away in the Poconos and uh, we'll give that away on Friday. We're only two days away from that, by the way. And uh, only a few days left of uh, Easy Money. You know that ends on Monday. I do know that, yeah. Uh, It runs through Monday, though, because Monday... Uh, it gets one extra day because of the Martin Luther King uh, holiday. Correct, sir. So I know you got that coming up. I've had that at 11 a.m., 1 p.m., two more chances with Jackson at 4 and 6 p.m. Uh, we are blessed. This is a nationwide contest, but uh, as you uh, earlier had that winner who uh, thought he had won <laughs> auto show tickets. Or, uh, that was a good one. I had the wrong uh, guy. No, yeah. I love that. Oh, my gosh. What are you calling for? Auto show tickets, <laughs> which you weren't even giving away. I was so curious. Just uh, the hope that it would be auto show tickets was enough. That it it, it carries show. us all through the day. Yeah, and not even that. I mean, let's. why not get the black tie auto show tickets, sure. the extra ones? But. That was good. But um, we've been blessed that uh, Philly of the Beasley stations and MMR in particularly seems to get the bulk of yeah. the winners. I, shh, don't tell anyone. Uh, so that's really fun. So you got great chances to win uh, four more times today. Also, we've got tickets for Roger Waters playing in the round at the Big Joint, July 10th. That's a Friday night. Tickets for Jimmy Buffett, and that'll be in Camden, August 6th. I've got those to give away. Great workforce blocks, including Bon Jovi and Queen and 311. And a a live song that 311 did at Festival Pier in Philly that includes one of their great songs, but also... A great cover. It's really cool, and it was only done here. Awesome. I am intrigued now. Okay. That's a little tease, as we call it in the business. We shall tune in, then. We'll tune in. We'll tune in. Uh, <laughs> let me thank our sponsor today. Uh, the President Steve Show has been brought to you by you. Acme. Fresh foods, local flavors, the official supermarket of the President Steve Show. So tomorrow on the program, this is going to be a fun, busy day. First of all, we will be speaking to a very close personal friend of the Preston Steve Radio Show, amazing composer Michael Giacchino. Yeah! 
Michael is in London, and he's working on the Batman, I think, right now, right? Yes, sir, yeah. Jesus Christ. Is he at uh, Abbey Road doing this? He's doing some work there. I don't know if he's doing this work there, so we'll find out tomorrow. But he he spends a lot of time at Abbey Road, and uh, maybe he'll text Paul. Yeah, it's (laughs) happened. It's wild. Uh, Chris Hardwick will be in our studio tomorrow. And comedian Bruce Bruce will be in our studio tomorrow. So it's going to be a lovely day. Make sure you join us. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you, hate you line. I just love when you start a business with your friends, and then they use all your and they use tools that they know were your fathers and treat them like great friends I got. Next message. Hey, Chuck, Mark, congratulations, guys, on adopting your first job. You guys are going to be great fathers, man. I love you both. Next message. I live with two toddlers, and I love them more than anybody has ever loved anybody in the history of love. But I just don't understand why I have to use the phrase, get your face out of my butt crack on a daily basis. Come on, man. I just wanted to keep one thing for myself, and I wanted it to be my butt crack. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.